Welcome to Betamax Rewind, the only podcast that has no problem nuking it from orbit, if you know what I mean. Here are two guys who have never been mistaken for a man, Matt and Duck. Yeah, it's always it's always great when your wife questions your masculinity, whether it, whether it's prompted by you, Doug, or, or not. It's still it's, it's still yeah. it cuts to the core. So I think we need to call Urban Dictionary and enter nuking from orbit. I mean, <laughs> that could be used as a couple of different things. If you know what I mean? Yeah, no, and and that's actually uh, with. When when we do this, it's like if it's Doug's week, he writes the intro. If it's my week, I write the intro. And sometimes we trade suggestions, and I've taken some of his from my weeks and vice versa, I believe. And he had an original one, which I had Jen record, and I actually changed it a little bit. And it was uh, – some. the second part was about nuking from orbit, if you know what I mean. And, and I think you do. <laughs> <laughs> but you had, a, you had a thing in there about slave – Labor for monkeys? Oh, yeah, yeah, hold on. So, yeah, I got two choices to open up the show. Do you want to talk about the election or do you want to talk about monkey slave labor? <laughs> I want to talk about monkey slave labor. <laughs> okay, good, because I don't have anything prepared for the election. So, you know, I'm scrolling through my news feed uh, on Yahoo and I see that Costco is pulling products off of their shelves. And I'm like, oh, interesting. I need to see what products they're pulling off their shelves. And apparently a lot of these products that they're pulling off their shelves – contain coconut well in thailand they chain up monkeys with little chains around their neck and then make the monkeys go climb up the, the coconut trees and knock off the coconuts and apparently they can do like three or five hundred a day and costco said nope that's it we're making a stand no more slave monkey coconuts in our products <laughs> I, I wonder if that's why uh, there's this thing that jen drinks it's by coconut water which is being discontinued. I wonder if that is tied to that somehow. I think it is. I think I think that was one of them. And there's a couple of products. There's a cereal that I get, and then also like these coconut rolls that are awesome that they are no longer going to be carrying at Costco. Boy but butter. Then, what's that? Boy, Boy butter. <laughs> yeah. So do you think they'll change from monkeys to lady boys? <laughs> No, there it is, the first lady boy <laughs> remark on this podcast. <laughs> that can't be right. That can't be. Right. I'm pretty sure it is. <laughs> but hey, everybody, it's Matt. Uh, thank you for joining us. <laughs> and I'm Doug. <laughs> and it is another week, and it is it is Doug's week. So why don't you kind of get us started, Doug? All right, time for a little housekeeping. Sure, we'll jump right into it. And now it's time for podcast housekeeping so in listening to last week's podcast it sometimes amazes me that you'll say something and i'll go god damn how did i not jump all over you for that and this is in regards to making your own salad because jen puts pieces of bacon in there and make your own goddamn salad i mean you're obviously very good at tossing them <laughs> it's a little bit it's a different skill set doug it is <laughs> okay so I I also, when I listen back, sometimes I'll pick up on things that I missed. And in in Wall Street, in the scene, right after Bud has his first success working with Gecko, Gecko sends him a hooker. And I was so tied up in making sure that I pointed out Argyle was, <laughs> was the driver of the limo that I missed an obvious question I had for you, Doug. And so even though I missed it last week, I'm going to ask you this well, week. Well, I know. I know what the question is. Okay, go ahead. Have you ever had sex in a car? 
There you go. <laughs> yeah. No, I've done everything else, but I haven't had sex in the car. Okay. I, I don't think that's ever come up before, so I just wanted to no, ask that question. never. Never. Um, you made the the point of, I don't remember what it was, but you said five people who have never been in my kitchen. You were mm-hmm. a little bit, you were a little bit wrong. Yeah. I, I was not exactly correct there. Matt fucked up. But the actual thing is this. Good news for you. Both of your opponents came up with incorrect responses. And what that means is that even if you're wrong, as long as you didn't do anything foolish like wager everything, you're a cinch winner. Well, then we, uh, we don't have to see my answer, do we there, Alex? Listen, we'll see if the uh, tournament is champion. <laughs> We're running out of time, and we are going to have to take a look at your response. You wrote down... Who are three people who have never been in my kitchen? No, I'm sorry, that too is wrong. The correct response is, what were the real names of Cary Grant, Tony Curtis, and Joan Crawford? Be that as it may, Alex, those people have never been in my kitchen. Well, I'm sure they haven't, but obviously that's not what we were going for when we wrote up that clue. Obvious to who? It's all right, you don't have to worry. Unless you risk more than $21,600, you will be the new Jeopardy! champion. So let's take a look and see what your wager was. You bet 22,000 big ones. Yeah, when's the last time you sat down and watched the Cheers episode? It has... <laughs> it has been a cool minute since I watched <laughs> an episode of Cheers. Not a hot minute? Not I, a hot honestly, minute. I think the last time I watched Cheers was probably the finale. And where were you when you watched the finale? I have no idea. Oh, you, you know, should know that. No, I know where I was for MASH, the MASH finale, but not the Cheers finale. Cheers finale you watched in New York. Really? With you? We were at my brother's place oh, in New York. Okay. Hey, how about that? Okay. So one of the things that came up last week was kind of the mixed messages about somebody uh, sleeping naked in, in your bed. And this will actually come up in listener reaction roundup as well. But it made me think of kind of getting mixed messages. And have there been times when I've gotten really, really mixed messages from a girl, either somebody I was dating, somebody I had dated or whatever. And I thought of a particular example. I had dated this one girl and we broke up and it was an amicable breakup. And she was having her graduation party at a bar and they had just like, this was at UWM and she had a keg at at a bar that a lot of us always went to. So she invited me to the party and, you know, I went because whatever, it's free beer. And she was just furious that I was there. And I'm like, what, what is your problem? Why are you so mad? And she said, I can't believe you're here. This is my graduation party. I'm like, you fucking invited me. Uh (laughs) And she's like, that didn't mean I expected you to actually show up. So, So then I did the only thing that I possibly could do. Any guess as to what that was? You stayed? No. I, I fucked her friend. <laughs> <laughs> Even better. I felt bad about that. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of mixed messages, so, you know, I read the uh, entries from Matt in my yearbooks, and I was just kind of going through, and I'm like, ah, oh, you know, I want to look at the rest of these messages. And the amount of phone numbers that girls left me in my yearbooks and said, have a great summer, you know, please call me. And I was an idiot and did not think, oh, hey, there could be something here. I mean, it's almost the same if I was a teenager today and a chick sent me a picture of her tits on my phone. My reaction would be like, oh, hey, that's nice. (laughs) I think it would be a little bit harder to misinterpret that. But uh, to, to build on that just a little bit, I actually did dig out my yearbooks just as kind of payback. And 
I could not find one from one of the two years, but I did find one. And I wasn't sure if this was actually yours, and I'm going to have to edit this slightly as I go through. Uh, Yo Sheik. Do you remember that? You remember yes, my, my nickname being Sheik? Yeah, because you were the Sheik. Yeah. Because you, you wore the Sheik condoms. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, where is that? Okay, there we go. Um, we've had excellent times together. The all-nighters getting drunk and stoned together. Um, oh, and don't forget um, some girl's name. <laughs> we'll probably read this. So, hi, some girl's name. I'm just kidding about the the nickname that I just t- talked about. You know you know what that is. Uh-huh. But all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, remember those great fifth period dips every day? That was quite fun. Well... Until you get to the point, or fuck, girl's name once again, (laughs) make sure you stay the partying kind of guy who drinks a lot of beer, smokes cigarettes, chews Kodiak, and gets claw marks on his back. (laughs) Later, done. (laughs) Yeah, that's me. I had forgotten about the claw marks thing. Uh Uh Yeah, that happened. Okay. Mine was not as entertaining as yours. (laughs) Uh, we talked about um, the crowd reaction for when the, the first Death Star was blown up, and I had said, ooh, how about the Empire Strikes Back reaction when Darth, spoiler alert, tells Luke that he's his father. Me, Luke, I am the father. No! No! <laughs> See, I, I think that that's not quite as good as the Star Wars reaction was, honestly. Mm. Okay. But just so our listeners can compare, here here's the St- Star Wars one. All right. All right. Honestly, hair standing up on my arms. Oh, right, nice. this. Me too, me too. <clears throat> A lot more reaction sure. in that one. Okay, I mean, that, that's okay. enough. All right, all right. We also talked about huge bitch. That's a huge bitch! Yeah, Daryl Hannah. Yeah. <laughs> she has man hands also. Oh, you you didn't pull a man hands clip? No, though. I didn't, because we, we've already played that one. And then Matt's comparison to the Rocky Four robot. Oh, so how, how do you want to do this? you want to do the Rocky one first, or you want to do my one first? Well, let's do Rocky first. Happy birthday, Molly. Okay, that was the Rocky one. And this yes. is this is my interpretation of that. Happy birthday, Polly. <laughs> Not bad. Not and, bad at all. And, and this is me, my voice put into the Rocky forklift. <laughs> Happy birthday, Polly. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, the fish on sharks that you couldn't think of the name. You had said menorah. The mm-hmm. menorah is actually a seven lamp ancient Hebrew lamp shade made lampstand made of pure gold. The fish you were thinking of was the Ramora fish. Ramora. 
Okay. Close. Close, but no cigar. Okay. I don't have any more for housekeeping, so you can keep going. Uh, the executive. Look at that, Helen. Do you see what he's wearing? That's the executive. Now, what is the executive? The beltless trench coat. My father invented it. I sure did. Raincoats were my business. The executive was a classic. These haven't been made in 20 years. Why would they? Nobody bought them then. <laughs> uh, and then we also talked about uh, the Dune Buggy cartoon, and that was actually called Speed Buggy. Wrench! Wrench! Socket! Socket! Plugs! Motor! Tires! Chassis! Speed Buggy! <laughs> That's me! <laughs> I think that's enough. Okay. I think our audience gets the, gets the, the idea. point. Why, yeah. why was Shaggy part of that thing? He looked an awful lot like Shaggy, doesn't he? Yeah. They didn't have a lot of variation in their drawing styles. Like, apparently. No, because yeah, that was a Hanna-Barbera cartoon that only played for one season in 1973, yet we got it as kids, and it seemed like it was on all the time on Saturday mornings. Yeah, I, I, I remember that, and I, it, that and the one with the shark, I always got confused because the shark was kind of similar, and I can't was remember that, the shark one. Was that the Hanna-Barbera Olympics? No, 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 no. The Hanna-Barbera Olympics had the characters from all the different Hanna-Barbera shows. Okay. yes, along with Captain Caveman? Yes. Okay, more housekeeping. <laughs> <laughs> and then, this was it was always on right either right before or after Dr. Shrinker. Is that enough yet, Doug? Yeah, I've had enough. Okay. That, that was right about the part, part where Billy Barty was, you know, kind of wobbling around <laughs> through the jungle, chasing the three shrunk kids. Okay. If, and if, if, if Billy Barty was larger, they definitely had to be shrunk. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's all I got. So, what have you been up to, man? So, a um, couple things for this particular section. Um, number one, I think that if you remember back, probably three, four weeks ago, at one point during the show, there was a very loud noise that you, you thought was a sex toy of mine okay. <laughs> kicking off, but it was actually the fan on my computer. Yes. And this was a computer that all I use the computer for now at this point was for the podcast. And the the touch screen on it no longer worked. And there were some lines in the screen and the fan would kick on really loud every now and then. But it still, it served its purpose. And when I was working on the podcast for this week, the screen stopped working completely. So only thing that worked was an external monitor. I hooked up to it and I figured, well, maybe if I reboot it, then the screen will start working again. I tried to reboot it and the machine wouldn't reboot anymore. Mm. And I was thinking, fuck, everything of the podcast is on that machine. All my templates, all the sound files, everything. So I got a little panicked, but I was able to actually pull the hard drive out and connect it to a different laptop and, and pull that stuff out. So now we are on a new laptop. It's actually my real laptop that I use on a day-to-day -day basis. So if a porn clip just pops up, that just happens to be because it's running in the background. And in addition to that, I also created, I redid the soundboards completely just because I had to do some of that with the computer being lost. And now we have a mat board, a Doug board, and then a common board. Uh, and right. so, and just for the, for the record, this week, surprisingly, is the most amount of sound clips pulled for any movie to date. 
Okay. Well, there's a lot to talk about with this movie. <laughs> yeah, there is. So why don't you go with yours and then I'll go to my last one. So uh, we took our dog in on Monday for a dental cleaning. And right there, that's 400 bucks. And I tell them, I, you know, he had one two years ago. And, and he said, yeah, it, it, it worked great for a couple of days, but his god-awful bad breath came back. I mean, his breath is so bad. There was one day where I came home and, you know, he's on the couch and I kind of snuggled up next to him and he gave me a little lick on the nose. And I was walking around the house for about five or ten minutes going, God, it smells like shit in here. What is that smell? <laughs> Until I realized that it was the dog's breath on my nose. <laughs> nice. So we told him, we go, hey, we think he's got a couple of bad teeth. And they're like, okay, well, we'll do x-rays. That's another $200. And then they called me up after they did the x-rays. And they go, yeah, uh, one tooth actually just fell out while we were cleaning it. <laughs> and that was an upper molar. And the an upper molar on the other side needed to be extracted. And then his six incisors on the bottom, the teeth that are in between his bottom canines, those all needed to come out. So wow. that was another $300. So a $1,000 dental cleaning uh, and teeth extraction for the dog this week. How Poor old guy. is your dog? He's He'll be five in February, but, you know, he comes from Alabama and the vet said... Yeah, he goes, I, I can't really tell any Alabama jokes because my wife's family is from there, but that's a pretty common thing with dogs that come from Alabama. Well, they always say that, you know, dogs end up looking like their owners. So, yes, you yes. know, lack of teeth. There's a joke there somewhere. Well, you know why that you know why you know that the toothbrush was invented in Alabama? Because it was invented anywhere else. It would be called a teeth brush. Correct. hey <laughs> Um... <clears throat> My uh, my 11-year-old, or almost 11, he'll be 11 on, on Friday, he was in the bathroom, and I was uh, in the kitchen, and all of a sudden I hear, Dad, Dad, come here quick, come here quick. I'm like, what, 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 what? And I come in there, and he goes, look, look, Dad, I got some hairs growing on my upper lip. I'm like, hold on a second, let me get my glasses. <laughs> <laughs> and I got my glasses, I'm like, oh, yeah, look at there, you got a little peach fuzz growing. <laughs> so funny, so innocent. Yeah, no, I... <laughs> I don't have any innocent stories for my kids, but I, I actually ha have a question for you, Doug. I know that it's not the Doug question. So, like, so can I do my question for you, or do I have to sing a song? Sing a song. You got at least do give me one bar. Okay. Um, <clears throat> Matt's got a question for Doug. <laughs> Matt's got a question for Doug. Matt's got a question for Doug. Answer it. There we go. <laughs> that was excellent. Okay. Do you have any sliding girls? I'm assuming sliding girls. Sliding door girls? Sliding door. I don't know what that means. So are you familiar with the, the movie Sliding Doors? No, I am not. Okay. It's a Gwyneth Paltrow film where basically the, the whole concept of the movie is it's told in two parts where she's trying to get on a subway train and in one of them she actually is able to get on the train and her life proceeds that way and in the other one she isn't able to get on the train and her life goes a completely different direction because she was not able to get on the subway so it's a sliding doors thing and that's okay. the name of the movie okay so you know i was thinking about this because i was my my brother and my sister-in-law were over and we were talking about different things and talking about um you know changes things that we regret um you know things that went differently and i looked at it as you know i everybody has regrets but I wouldn't change anything because my life is is pretty good. I mean, I, I can't imagine that my life would be better if anything had turned out differently. So I wouldn't want have to have made any any different decisions. But there's you know there's girls here and girls there where just 
slightly different circumstances, you know, I would have dated this girl instead of being friends with her or stuff like that. And I was wondering if you had anybody that kind of fell into that category. No, not really. No, because I mean, it, I mean, I started dating my missus when I was 22. Uh, so I, you know, before her, I really didn't have any serious girlfriends that I would have thought would have gone anywhere. Um, shut up, Siri. I'm not talking to you. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I don't. I do not. Okay. Sorry. Sorry to disappoint. No, that, that, is, that is fine. And then I have one. You know what really grinds my gears? Okay. So you have an iPhone. And as you have complained to me multiple times, I do not have an iPhone. Correct. But there is texting and then there is iMessaging. And I have friends who have iPhones that will send me an iMessage rather than a text message. And it goes to my iPad. And I won't see it for potentially weeks, depending on when is the next time I, I look at my iPad. And I get people pissed at me because I, I sent you a text. I'm like, no, you didn't. You sent me an iMessage. It went to my iPad. It didn't go to my phone. So it really pisses me off that people don't just text me. They have to iMessage me. Well, okay. Here's what you do. Turn off the texting on your iPad and just use your phone as your texting device. That's what I do. Oh, I'd have to look into how to do that. So. You can but. do it. You can you can do it. But then also, here's the thing that pisses me off about you Android people, is when you get on a group thread, if there's that one motherfucker who's got an Android, it fucks everything up. You cannot you cannot call you cannot name that thread. Like if everybody has an <laughs> iPhone, you can actually name the thread. Um, and then also, like, when you laugh like an, an image. image, yeah, yeah, it says Matt liked an image instead of the little thing where it yep. just shows like, yeah, so you Android people, you fuck everything up. <laughs> okay, well. And that's what really grinds my uh-huh. gear. Uh, so last night was Halloween. This We're doing this on Sunday. Um, we have been doing it on Saturdays, which works out great, but it was trick or treat last night. So we did the whole thing where we, you know, I had the fire table out in the driveway and then put another card table about six feet away from that and then just dumped a bunch of candy on there so when the kids came just hey take two and then we also had a bucket of fireball shots for the for the grown-ups um and this was the first year that i actually stayed behind and handed out candy and it was kind of fun because i hooked up i had a karaoke machine and i put a bunch of scary noises on my phone and then enabled the bluetooth so when kids were grabbing candy all of a sudden there'd just be this loud scream right there and that was a lot of fun So it was a good time. It was a successful trick-or-treat. But then my neighbor said, hey, come on over. And boy, did I get over-served in his, in his basement, which is amazing. His basement is amazing. But boy, did I get over-served. So I'm running a, a little bit low on energy tonight. But that's why I'm drinking coffee. And I think that's, that's going to be my go-to drink for this evening. Okay. Okay. So I, I may, you know what? Once this coffee kicks in, I may grab a beer. We'll see. Okay, so anything else for what's going on? Uh, no, it's. I believe it's time for sound of the week. Sound of the show. Yeah, I really so, don't like that. You don't like it? <laughs> no, I do not. So, friend of show Joey, uh, he sent me a bunch of sound clips. Custard, good. (laughs) Jam, good. Meat, good. Sorry. Go ahead. He had had mentioned several weeks back that 
you know, hey, if you ever want me to write some music. And I said, yeah. So he sent me just a bunch of uh, sound clips that he had created on flights over the years. And I just, I'm like, oh, for shits and giggles, I'll pull one and, and throw some lyrics to it. So, okay, so now I'm a dick. <laughs> yes, now Matt's you a dick. dick! Yeah. I'll, I'll try again next week. I'll try. I, I've got like 18 or 19 clips, and I've only listened to two or three of them, so. That reminded me of, if you've ever seen Spinal Tap, where they're they're playing the the zoo and they're the they're build along with a puppet show and they're doing kind of a jazz fusion oasis or odyssey okay. and it's just the same kind of kind of new agey type music okay all right well let's 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 uh this is my sound clip for the week okay so let's see if Matt can get it See, I, I was waiting so I, I don't get yelled at, Doug. Uh, it's Police Academy. Yes. Yeah. I see. I didn't know if you were going to say Police Academy or Spaceballs because he does kind of the same thing in Spaceballs. Yeah. The thing, except it's the, the, the blips, the oh, zips, yes. and the okay. something else. So All right. I actually I watched Spaceballs not that long ago, so I'm familiar with that. And actually, I watched Police Academy about two months ago. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. 1984's Police Academy. That is Michael Winslow. Lavar Jones. All right. So. What you drinking? Sanka. What you drinking? <laughs> drinking. I am drinking a Keurig Dunkin' Donuts medium roast coffee. Mm-mm-mm. Delicious. All right. So I... Just to kind of bring the update, uh, I had seven drinks during the show last week. Okay. Uh, during the show in in the editing phase, and care to hazard a guess at how many drinks I had between then and now? Zero. Mm. Oh, oh, how many? Eleven. So, oh, really? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, we had people over. Um, oh, okay. For, so we we had game night at my house last night. So that was the reason why I was a little bit higher. Playing okay. uh, Jackbox games. You ever play Jackbox games? Well, uh, did they do they involve upside down pineapples? <laughs> no, they do not. Oh, okay. So you don't. You guys aren't swingers then. <laughs> Every now and then, I'll, I'll, I'll be at the grocery store and I'll, I'll throw a couple pineapples in my cart and take a picture of it and show it to these girls I used to work with because uh-huh. they they told me about that. That's a that's a younger person's game. It's crazy because there's pineapple decorations. That you can buy at Kohl's and Target and Walmart. I mean, pine, you know, doormats with pineapples, light fixtures with pineapples. And whenever I go to a customer's house and they've got this pineapple shit out, I'm like, oh, you fucking swingers. Ah, oh, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just a lifestyle, man. Sure. They're born that way. Uh, so I'm, I'm going back to the well. I actually have seven drinks lined up for tonight. Uh, mm-hmm. They're all different, but I'm just starting with a, a Mike's Harder Cranberry. I really like these. I found some ones that I really like. And okay. here's another thing, and this is the thing where Jen said I'm an asshole for this, is we have we have people over. And, mm-hmm. like, I'll buy the the variety packs of, mm-hmm. of different drinks because it's – honestly, it's the only way you can get some drinks some sometimes. And there are ones that I like of them, and then there's ones that I don't like. And for some reason, when we have people over, they drink the drinks that I like. They don't drink the ones that I don't like. It's like, no. Of course. Drink, drink – 
drink the ones that I won't drink. That that's much better. But it's like no, it's just pounding those stuff away. But this is you know it, it's it's a go to thing for me, so I know it's good. So no no real big surprises here. Okay. Didn't you forget something? I was just going to say before we get into the movie, I have a question, and this is not the question for Matt segment, but. Um, Last week in Wall Street, you even mentioned it at the end of the podcast that Doug didn't do a lot of talking. And then with all the copy that went along with the Facebook post and even uh, on the um, the iTunes description of the podcast. Oh, you actually says, look at those? Yes, I do. <laughs> I'm always interested to see what you write. It basically says, you know, Matt talks about Wall Street and Doug listens. And I listen to the podcast. And I would say it was, you know, a 60-40 split. I mean, yes, you talked the majority of the time, as you should have, because it was your movie. But, Matt, my question for you is, will you renounce those statements? <laughs> no, I won't. And here's why. I actually, I, I asked people about this. And they backed me up and they said, well, it, it's not. And I almost pulled the clip of you saying, oh, I haven't been listening for the last five minutes. <laughs> Well, it's because I was looking for what are your I was looking up what are your lies on the internet. <laughs> but oh, I was told it's like okay, it depends on what you consider interacting or talking. But mm-hmm, yeah, okay, yep, yep, that happened. I don't I don't consider that to be there. That's kind of like what you what you say to your wife when you're not listening to her. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I added a lot. I added a lot. So. Will you renounce those statements? No, I will not. Okay, then I say this to you, my friend. Pardon my French, but you're an asshole. <laughs> All right, on to the movie. <sighs> okay. Let's There's no bed for this week. Oh, they're no. from the 80s, yo. Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things from that show. Let's talk about movies. All right, so this week it is my movie, and we are talking 1986's Aliens, released on July 18th, 1986. Had a budget of $18.5 million and grossed worldwide $131 million. A Rotten Rotten Tomato critic score of 97%, and I would like to talk to the 3% that did not like this movie and kicked their ass. (laughs) Uh, An audience score of 94%, directed by James Cameron, best known for The Terminator, Terminator 2, The Abyss... Avatar, he also did some crappy movie about a sinking ship that nobody likes to talk about. (laughs) Okay. This was the sequel to 1979's Alien, directed by Ridley Scott. Ironic that we're talking about aliens this week, and and this was the sequel to Alien, because Sean Connery just died, and he had a pretty prominent role in Alien. So, you know, sorry for for dying, Sean Connery. Uh, It stars Sigourney Weaver as Ripley. She was in Aliens... Uh, Alien, Ghostbusters, and Avatar. Carrie Henn as Newt. This was her only film credit. She later became a teacher. Michael Bean as Corporal Hicks. He was in The Terminator, The Abyss, and Tombstone. Paul Reiser as Burke. He was in Mad About You and My Two Dads with Dick Butkus. Lance Hendrickson as Bishop. He's been in every B science fiction movie since 1987. <laughs> Bill Paxton as Private Hudson, who was in Tombstone, True Lies, and A Simple Plan. Sadly, he passed away in February of 2017. So Sigourney Weaver uh, got a Best Actress nomination, and this was the first ever for an actress in an action movie. This movie had a total of five nominations, one for Best Visual Effects and Best Sound Effects Editing. So, I have a question for you. 
Okay. Who did Michael Bean replace several days into principal shooting? Uh, oof, oof. Who did Michael Bean replace several days? I wonder if it's a camera in person. Um, uh, I'll give you a hint. Okay. You, 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 he was the bad guy in 48 Hours with Eddie Murphy. Okay, I, I know who you're talking about. I can't think of his name offhand. James not... James James Ramar. I mean, you've seen him in a bunch of things. Yeah. He, uh, I think the the one role that I really know him for is, um, uh, the girl next door, where he's like the porn producer that they have to go steal the golden penis from. Oh yeah, the, oh, is that's okay. That's no. not who I'm thinking of then. Okay. Um, no. Okay. That's him. Okay. Music was composed by James Horner, who also did Crawl and Wrath of Khan, and he said he was given little time and had to cannibalize previous scores. So this is a common theme for him, that yeah. he has to cannibalize uh, other films. The word fuck is used 25 times. Hudson, who's uh, played by Bill Paxton, is re- responsible for 18 of those. He also says the word man 35 times. Michael Bean and Bill Paxton play roles... Uh, where they are on the same team, this and Navy Seals. Can you name the other three films they appear in together? That they appear in together, yes. uh, T- Terminator. Yes. Um. Titanic. No. Um. Terminator. <laughs> Breakfast your, Club. <laughs> how about how about I'll give you a hint. I'm your Huckleberry. Oh, Tombstone. Okay, and then the other one you'll never get because you probably never saw it. Uh, Lords of Discipline. Okay, no. All right. It was voted the 42nd greatest film of all time by Entertainment Weekly. They describe it as the greatest pure action movie ever. So, let's jump right into this movie. We open with the 20th Century Fox logo. Funny how we do that two weeks in a row now. Uh, when the, the, the uh, logo for the movie comes up, Aliens, the eye looks almost like a vulva. Yes. And appar- apparently, the egg in Alien was supposed to also look like a vulva, but the studio said, no, 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 no. You cannot have that. Uh, so they actually did it where it peels open four ways. Yeah, but there's this will come up later. There is definitely some vaginal imagery in this film. Yeah. Oh, I should ask, did you see this in the theater? No, I did not. Really? Wow. Okay. 86, this would have been freshman year. No, I okay. didn't see this in the theater. So I saw this with my mom and my stepdad and immediately fell in love with this movie. Went directly to the drugstore and bought, at the time, they and I think they still do that now, is they'll actually make, like, Fangor or some, you know, sci-fi magazine company will make a magazine dedicated to a movie. And I got the one for Aliens. And then my dad wanted to take me to a movie, and we were going to go see Stand By Me. Uh, which he was really looking forward to seeing, and I talked him into taking me to see Aliens, and he was not happy. <laughs> I'm assuming you've seen Stand By Me, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Several times. Great okay. movie. Um, uh, let's see. Okay, so we see the ship. The the. Um, I guess we should probably talk about the backstory of this movie a little bit with the this being a sequel and all. Um, you don't have to. Don't, don't worry about it. it. It comes up in like five minutes. Mm. Ripley gives okay. the entire recap of the first movie, and I have the clip. <laughs> oh, excellent. Okay, <clears throat> so we're shown a ship floating through space and with all kinds of nebulas and stuff in the background, and, and this was the escape ship 
that the, that she jettisoned from the Sulaco. Yep. Okay. And uh, all of a sudden we see the interior of the ship and we see her sleeping. And then you see the, the, uh, the proximity alert symbol going off inside that lifeboat. And you see uh, like welding going over the door, like a cutter opening the door. Did you see the grappling hook still on the bottom of the door? No, I did not. Oh, okay. I, I, the and the the thing with the the welding or whatever you want to call it as it's opening the door, it reminded me of a cleaner version of how the door was opened in the beginning of A New Hope. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, so it's it's like a plasma cutter or something, and then a scanner comes in on a big arm, and I, I'm going to get this out of the way right now. The technology in this movie. This, this movie takes place in 2179. The technology is, is a little annoying <laughs> because, I mean, it's almost 200 years in the future. And you would think that they would have a drone or something that comes in. And there's several times in this movie where a drone could have been used. Uh, and it comes up several times, several more times, and I'll bring it up, that that kind of irritates me when I watch a movie set in the future and I, and I look at it and I go, really? This is the best you could come up with for technology? Okay, interesting. Because they have the, the, the robot comes in and then the, the people come in and they're all decked out in some kind of protective gear. Right, with basically a painting respirator. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, they're doing lead paint abatement, apparently, because <laughs> yeah. they have the special cartridges on the sides. Yeah, and they've got these gigantic flashlights, whereas now I've got a flashlight that is the size of my middle finger that is five times brighter than those flashlights those guys have. Do you have – it? What what is it? What type of flashlight? I, it's an LED – Oh, so it's it's not. Um, there's a there's a brand. They're the ones that are like super solid metal that you can like. It's the one that cops use. They're like solid, and you can crack stuff oh, with them. Dude, there are so many different brands of, and you know the the flashlights that I get are about thirty bucks, and they're called Coast. They're, the brand is Coast. But I mean, I've got a buddy who's a cop, and his flashlight's like two hundred dollars. Maglite, I think, is what I'm thinking of. Maglites are the old ones. Those are the ones that you know took like five C batteries. <laughs> Yeah, kind of like what you keep in your bedroom now. <laughs> right. Well, every everything's everything's LEDs now, and those are the ones when it still had like a regular light bulb. Actually, mm-hmm. you know, I, have I told the story about the the flashlight emails? I think I probably did. Uh, I don't know. So, I I get so many emails, and I basically I I scan them as they come in, and I let my inbox get up to like a thousand, and then I go through and I delete all of like the garbage that comes in because there's so much garbage that does come in. Sure. But on a daily basis, I get an email that says free flashlight, Mm -hmm. and and I'm always excited. And then I open it up, and I realize it's actually a flashlight. Oh, not a flashlight. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) But it happens every day. It's like, oh, I'm let down again. Darn it. So yeah, so the dude, the three dudes come in with the gigantic flashlights, and they pull off their mask, and they goes, "Well, there goes our salvage." So obviously, if there's a survivor in there, then you know they don't get to keep the ship because exactly. they found somebody alive. So now we've got an exterior shot of the space station, and I don't remember this. At first, I was like, "Am I watching the special edition?" And I had to go double check to make sure that I wasn't watching the special edition because I don't remember seeing ever seeing the the exterior shot of the space station. Um, but like I said, the year is 2179. Alien took place in 2122. 
So there's a 57-year distance. And you said, um, oh, what's his face? She, so she wakes up in a hospital uh, and enter Carter Burke, who is played by Paul Reiser. Right. And he doesn't have a double-barreled necktie, but he does have a weird collar on his jacket. That collar really bothered me. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I think it's just because it's it's almost one of those things where, you know what Uncanny Valley is? No. Okay, so Uncanny Valley is this theory, if you will, about special effects. And it's one of the reasons why it's so hard to do humans, like CGI humans well, is because your mind fills things in. And with like an alien, it doesn't know what to fill in. So mm-hmm. the, the subconsciously, it, it registers as real easier. But with humans, it's harder to do because we know what humans look like. Sure. And his suit just, the, it's almost like a popped collar, but it's not. And right. it, it just, it drew my attention to it. And it was distracting that it was there. And it reminded me of the, the double necktie from yes. Back to the Future 2. Sure. So it's interesting you bring that up because, uh, with Rogue One, I felt like they did Tarkin much better than they did with Princess Leia. Did it seem like Princess Leia's face was super fat? It, it just One? didn't work. And yeah. and it was a thing where I understood why they did it, but it, it it just didn't work. And you know the technology is getting close, and I'm sure you know what deep fakes are. Oh, I love deep fakes. And, <laughs> okay, <laughs> but... I, it, it's gonna get there. It's just yeah. not quite there yet. And it, it's amazing with what you, you can do on a home PC now. Yeah. Who's your number one number one that you'd like to see the deep fake? I'd rather see it, a real one. Okay, but that's not gonna happen. Okay. Like Jennifer Jennifer Love Hewitt from twenty years ago is not going to have all suddenly a porn movie uh, produced. Okay, probably Hillary Clinton. <laughs> Clinton, that is. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. So, it, he tells her that it was blind luck that they found her uh, and, and that she's been floating in space for 57 years. And I did a little bit of research and they said that the, the theory behind these cryopods that they put them in is they, after 65 years, the body starts to break down. So, she only had a couple, she only had a couple more years before that would, she would have been toast. And uh, she has all of a sudden, you know, the alien pop out of her chest and we find out that's oh it's it's a dream. Yeah, but her cat starts hissing at her first. Yes. And her cat's name is Jonesy, I think. Correct. And I don't think it was her cat. I think it was the cat that belonged to the crew of the Sulaco. Well, it, I mean it's her cat now by yes. by default. Correct. And um in since it was from the original movie, that means that my lie won't work. So please continue. What was your lie going to be? Oh, that it was a nod to Indiana Jones. but <laughs> Okay. And you didn't say anything about me mentioning Sean Connery being in the original Alien? Yeah. I, I was just letting it go, Doug. Okay. I'm like, well, that's not right. But yeah, I just, I, I knew, yeah, that's. You're a liar. <laughs> okay. But, it, you know, the dude did pass away. I, I kind of had to fig- wait, figure out a way to, to work him into the show. Uh, so now we're on a, at a meeting and people are drinking coffee out of styrofoam cups, smoking heaters, and there's a dude doing a crossword puzzle from an actual newspaper sitting at the table. All three of those things would not exist in 2157 yeah. or 2179. Not the best at prognosticating the future. No. And there are some things that I don't understand about time and space when it comes to this movie. And this will come up later, but how long does it take to get to LV... 
whatever the planet number is. Oh, God. I mean, well, we're not familiar with the propulsion technology that they have. Right. So that so that's one thing. But the fact that they're in cryo space means that or cryo sleep means at least six months. So then how and once again this will come up later, how yes. is it possible that they will they will be rescued in seventeen days? I know, I know, I know, I know. There's all kinds of little flaws in this movie that once you start when when you're looking at it from a different perspective, you start seeing those things. And, and and you're talking about the meeting, but even before the meeting, when, when she was having the bad dream, even though it was a dream, a lot of the stuff in the dream was true in that this is how we find out it's been 57 years. Correct. And when she is having the, um, you know, severe gastrointestinal distress. Cramps. She's cramps, got, yeah. She's got cramps. <laughs> Get her a Midol. Um, <laughs> but she says, she's saying, kill me, kill me. Yes. And that comes up again later as well. Sure. Sure. All right, so she's talking about. Well, do you have the clip that you want to play? No, th- th- that's actually after they come out of hypersleep. Oh, okay. So this board of the Wayland Corporation uh, is basically saying, you know, we really don't believe you. Um, there's no evidence of this alien. the The ship is being co- or the planet LV four two six is being colonized, and there's no evidence of a ship that they found. Um, a, it could be on, you know, a different, completely different part of the planet. Right. And I, I, I would have to imagine that with the setup of the, uh, the whole colony and the atmosphere changer that they probably weren't doing a whole lot of surveys yet, quite yet. Yeah. And the thing about this scene that stuck out to me was what was the cost of the ship that she blew up? I don't remember. $42 million. Okay, yeah. And that, that comes up dollar sign later on where I'm like, really? 200 years later? And that's all the inflation that we've gone through? I guess it's, it's maybe it's just because it's such a commodity now that it's a, a starship is, is cheap. I mean, if they're still playing in the NFL, star, starting quarterback is be making $100, $150 million a year. So, Right. Right. Um, okay. So... Uh, what was I going to talk about? Oh, I was going to talk about Prometheus a little bit. Did you see Prometheus? Yes. Okay, which is kind of like uh, a, a prequel to the Alien, the two Alien movies. Correct. And that always irritates me. I, I liked Prometheus. There's parts of it I don't quite understand. But the technology in the, that prequel supersedes the technology that they're dealing with in the two Alien movies. Yeah, but that always happens. I mean, you see that in just about any movie series. You look at the the new Star Treks, uh, even even the prequels, even oh, yeah. even Rogue yeah. One. There's the all of that technology, and it's just because they're basing it off of existing technology. Sure. So, I think you know there's a lot of things with Prometheus that people wanted it to be what it wasn't. Mm-hmm. People wanted it to be a true alien prequel. And it was, but it wasn't. And then there's the whole thing with, well, why doesn't she just run to the right or run to the left instead right. of <laughs> instead of just running straight? And then she wouldn't get crushed by the ship. Right. So th- there were issues with it, but I thought it was it was okay. I didn't think yeah. it was great. I thought I mean, it's one of those movies that it's it's a beautiful film, mm-hmm. and it is just a uh, and it it stars uh, the the one girl who was she was actually in the original um 
girl who kicked the hornet's nest films. The girl with the dragon tattoo. Tattoos. Yes. Yeah, there was three of those that were done originally in in Sweden. In, in Swedish, and I've seen mm-hmm. them. They're they're great. Mm-hmm. And she was, and she's like one of those people that they've really pushed as being the next thing, and she's never really caught on. She's kind of like the guy who um, used to host the Soup. Oh yeah, Joel McHale. Yeah, and and that fat girl that we talked about a couple times from Pitch Perfect, Rebel Wilson. There you go. Yeah, but, you know, I think one of the things that is appealing to the, to the two to Alien movies and then also the original trilogy, Star Wars trilogy is it was an environment that looked like it was lived in. Right. It, it, and that was that was the strong appeal to that. And then you go to the prequels and everything is sterile, know, crisp and sterile and everything is in a 90 degree angle. And and same with Prometheus. Um, but, oh, well, you, you know, we can we can have that argument another day where, you know. The new trilogy is good, and the prequel sucked. So, <laughs> oh god, yeah. Okay. So they talk about the LV four twenty six has terraformers, and she asks, "Well, what's that is?" And he goes, "Oh, you know, we spend, you know, years turning this the atmosphere of this planet into a breathable atmosphere so we can colonize it." And he refers to it as a shake and bake operation. And I don't think that that would be part of somebody's vernacular in 2179. I think it's because Talladega Nights was such a hit that in the future it's still considered a classic. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it takes decades to create an atmosphere. So now we show her where she's in her apartment and she's smoking a heater and she's got the old lady ash going on. Yeah, but how many families did they say were at on the planet in the terraforming operation? 53? 60 to 70 families. Okay, 60 to 70 families. And you had mentioned briefly about you weren't sure if you were watching the director's cut. And when we, I don't think this is on the, the podcast itself, when we talked about this offline, the pot, the the director's cut is actually like 35 minutes longer. 17 minutes. 17? Okay. Mm-hmm. But it, it's not the, the five minutes that I thought it was. And in, in this part right here is where one of the big subplots from the director's cut is brought up or would be if we were watching the director's cut. And that is the whole fact that Ripley had a daughter. Right. Who just died, who recently just died, but she would have been like eight or nine years old when she left to go, to go on her mining operation. Right. And there's a couple times throughout this film where it, there's something that feels like it's missing once you know that it should be there. And mm-hmm. it would add a little bit more gravitas, a little bit more weight to it. And th- this is the first time where the daughter subplot was actually going to be introduced. But um, Burke shows up and he says that they've lost contact with the colony. Correct. And, and that was because, well, we'll find out later yeah. why they lost contact with the colony. But, um, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, what's his face? Burke and Lieutenant Gorman are walking through her apartment hallway and there's trash on the floor and there's graffiti on the walls is this on earth or is this on the space station i'd say it's on the space station okay and they show up at her door and obviously the marine uniforms have not changed that much they still have the tan shirt and the blue pants and the, and the hat and they want ripley to go back as an advisor because yes they've lost contact with the colony and uh she's like no i, I can't go i'd be no i'd be of no use to you um, and, and she is afraid, and, and this is her fear throughout the majority of the movie, is that 
They just want to go there so they can capture one of these aliens and study it and use it for their bioweapons program. Right. And, you know, she has a job, and I think you're going you're gonna to talk about this a little bit. Mm-hmm. But so she, go ahead. She works at the cargo docks because it's the only job that she could get. But the fact that she works with loaders is something that comes up multiple times throughout this film. So that's a true... Could you tell me where the nuclear vessels are? Yeah. Burke says that he can get her reinstated as a flight officer and, and refers to her as kiddo several times throughout the movie. I mean, shit, man. She's like 80 years older than he is. So when when you go into cryosleep, uh-huh. what does that do as far as your age? I don't think anything. Uh, I know, I think in one science fiction movie, there was, I, I think when they went into cryo sleep, it was you were aged one week for every year that you were in cryo sleep, something like that. I, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking more from like a legal perspective. So Newt, for example, if, it, if let's say, well, not even Newt, let's just say there is a a child, a, a 10-year-old that goes into hypersleep and they are in hypersleep for 11 years when they come out of hypersleep are they now 21 or are they still 10 they're still 10 okay yeah did her apartment remind you of any other physical space that you've ever seen in the real world Uh, an airplane cabin that is so close to what i her apartment reminds me of an airplane bathroom well her bath the bathroom in her apartment is actually taken from an airplane Okay, that that would make sense then. Yes. All right. So she wakes. Um, oh, here we go. There's a People magazine sitting on her her kitchen table. So you know, apparently, folks in the future still give a shit about what celebrities have to say. <laughs> who who is the sexiest man alive? <laughs> right. So the other day, my oldest goes. We're driving home from school, and he goes, "Dad." Did you hear Nicki Minaj is pregnant? And I look at him and I go, "I really don't care." And he's like, "Why not?" And I go. I, that is not important for me to learn about the people who are entertaining me, what their lives are like. That's, that's their business. If I, I have no problem with you watching a movie with that person or listening to some music, but it's, that's none of your business to dig into their life and see what their personal things are. Yeah, but it, it's not, it's, it depends though. And I, I agree with you a hundred percent cause I don't give a shit about stuff like that, yeah. but for the most part, these people are not people who are having their lives intruded upon. These are people that are calling the press to say, hey, I'm pregnant, or hey, I'm oh. going to a coffee shop, show, send reporters out or photographers out to get my picture taken. Sure. Yeah, you're right. But still, I'm, I'm trying to teach him that there's so many more important things in life than learning about Nicki Minaj's baby. Or yeah. who, the dude, who the dude is that knocked her up. I don't care. Um, so she wakes up soaked from a bad dream obviously another bad alien dream you ever wake up soaked from yes a, ba- a bad dream not from a bad dream but just when i've been sick mm-hmm. you know and you like your fever breaks and you just wake up and you're just like completely drenched that's happened yeah. before yeah that's only once in my life that's happened when my fever broke i remember that very weird sensation and before Burke left, he well, actually her... wait. You're lying. You're you're lying. Liar! I I can think of another time that you woke up wet. When? 
when friend of show Brad peed on you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I caught more shrapnel. I don't think I caught, I don't think I got the direct stream. Okay. I, I think he was peeing and it was bouncing up and I was catching shrapnel from his pee. So, you know, I, I, that that happened one of the years that I wasn't there. Yes. I would have been laughing my balls off. Oh, I'm, I'm sure you would have. Most people were. <laughs> ha 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 ha. Duck got peed on. I brought up a new guy that, that year. Uh, it, was the only, it was the only year that we, we uh, that he came along with us. And on the ride home, just like every half an hour, you know, we're sitting there in silence. And all of a sudden he'd be like, I can't believe that that dude peed on you. <laughs> well, it is for for many reasons. For for many reasons, it is not for everybody. Mm-hmm. And, and if somebody came up and they said it was not for them, I, I would not begrudge them that opinion. No, that certainly opinion. not. And, yeah. and there's other people who are just like, well, I don't want to take time away from my boat or or whatever. But it, it's it's not – it's just the environment is not for everybody because I, I just think about remove all the other idiots that are up there. Just consider the environment for a second. You are in a non-running water environment. You have pseudo-running water to be able to wash your hands, but you have, you have a two-holder out there. You have minimal water for washing your hands or for cooking. You have uh, no electricity, and that is just not something for everybody. And I get that. But when you add the whole other layer of complexity of the knuckleheads that are up there, mm-hmm. <laughs> that is something that is definitely not in everybody's wheelhouse. Sure, sure. So anyways, like I was saying, Burke gave her his card before she left. She wakes up soaked, takes the card, puts it into this giant machine. And here's another thing with technology. I mean, this thing is like a 1989 computer PC monitor. It's right. gigantic. And that's her phone. And she slips the card into a little slot so she doesn't have to dial a number. And I remember as a kid going, ooh, that's kind of cool. But it's now you look, now you yeah, now you look at it and I have a supercomputer in my hand as we speak. Well, it's not a supercomputer. You have an no, iPhone. No. Yes. But it's I mean it's it's damn. I mean, it's a computer. I'm holding a computer in the palm of my hand that it can do a million things for me. Yeah, but it's an Apple device, so it's not oh. super. All right, all right. You know what? You and your Android <laughs> shitty texting thread stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and she says she wakes up Carter Burke, and she goes, "We're going there to wipe them out, not study them or bring them back." And he goes, "Yeah." And she's like, "I'm in." Boom. Next, we have the exterior shot of the badass battleship. That's the name of that ship is the Sulaco. Not that what was what was the name of the ship in the alien? I, I don't know, but there is a thing that you're skipping over here, which really really bothered me. Um, and she turns to uh, Indy, no, not Indy, Jonesy, Jonesy, and, and she says that she's not taking the cat. That's really shitty. I mean, that's her pet. I mean, would you leave Benito if you were going on a space flight, or would you take him with you? Yeah, because there's a good chance when you come back, you know. It's, oh, yeah, it it's going to be dead. It, it could be five years later. Yeah. Uh, I don't I don't think she has that much of attachment to this cat. It hasn't been long, you know. It wasn't her cat to begin with. She, yeah, she slept with it for 57 years, but it wasn't like she was stroking its fur or anything for those 57 years. And, she, and I think that it's been a matter of, I don't know, what do you think, a couple of weeks that she's been home before she goes back up? Yeah, but how how long were they awake in Alien? The ship in Alien was the Nostromo. Yes, okay, the Nostromo. Okay. How long were they awake? 
Yeah, when on, in the in the original mission, because she was around the camp during the the original mission. Yeah, but I think the cat belonged to the crew. I don't think it was her cat personally. Okay, I I don't know. I just I just think of you know leaving my dog and, and how much that would suck. So yes, all right. So they they we see this badass battleship with all these guns and everything going through space, and we enter the interior of that ship, and it's a bunch of cryopods. So when they were making this movie, each one of those pods cost forty three hundred dollars to make. And they didn't have the budget to make a pod for everybody, so through an amazing trick of mirrors, they only had four pods, and with with that trick, they made it look like there were more pods than there actually were. Okay. I have you 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 mentioned earlier that you saw um, Prometheus. Yes. One of the things I didn't understand here is why was Bishop in hypersleep? That's next in my that's the yeah, that's in my notes. Why was he in a pod? You know, obviously it was for the reveal um, that he was an android. But, sure, but they didn't have to. They didn't have to show him getting out of a pod. Right. They could have showed him. You know, they could have shown him tending to people as they were waking up, and you wouldn't have been any the wiser until we learned later on that he was an android. And so Sarge wakes up, and mm-hmm. he, he's got he's got a cigar with him. Right. How how is that going to age? That cigar. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, it's frozen. It's obviously, you know, it's not that cigar is not in a humidor because I'd have to think that that cryopod is probably pretty dry. Yeah, so that's going to be dried out. Yes, but uh, Sarge wakes up and just let me play the Sarge clip quick. All right, sweethearts, what are you waiting for? Breakfast in bed? Another glorious day in the Corps. Day in the Marine Corps is like a day on the farm. Heavy meals and banquet. Every paycheck of fortune. Every formation of parade. I love the car. Oh, Man, the floor is freezing. What do you want me to do? Fetch your slippers for you? Gee, would you, sir? I'd like that. Look into my eye. <laughs> yeah, so that's his name is Al Matthews, and he was actually was a Marine in Vietnam, and then had a little bit of a singing career as well. Have you ever heard that song before? No, I have not. Okay. It was a big hit in England, apparently. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, so, everybody's feeling shitty. Everybody's uh, getting up. And Jen actually asked me, why are why was Ripley sleeping in basically not brawn panties, but like a, a t-shirt panties? And I figured that's that's just what you sleep in. And there, there's two observations I had here. And the first was kind of mournful. So I'll just kind of bypass that one. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing is, I don't know if it's me because I was watching an HD version of this, but I swear you could see some short and curlies peeking out of the side of Ripley's underwear. Well, I mean, it was 1986, so I'm sure she was working the, the winter bush a little so, bit. And does that grow? I mean, does your hair grow when you're in hypersleep? <laughs> like, doesn't your hair grow for a couple of weeks after you die along yes. with your fingernails? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I, that I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know if hair grows while you're in hypersleep. I would say not, because everybody else's, the Marines' hair was all pretty short. Yeah, and they would all have beards, I would assume. Sure. Uh, except, and Vasque, Vasquez, uh, the chick with the short hair, she goes right away into doing pull-ups. 
Did you recognize her in what other Cameron movie she's been in? She was in Titanic. And she was in T2. She was the mother in T2. The, the foster mother. Yeah, the foster mother in T2. Yeah, I had no idea. In her and... I always Drake. get the... Drake. I always get the names mistaken. No, not her and Drake. Um, it's uh, it's the, the two guys where they their names get mixed up. Hudson and Hicks. Hudson and Hicks. Hudson. Hudson and her ha- have kind of a great exchange here. Hey, Vasquez. Have you ever been mistaken for a man? No. Have you? <laughs> oh, Vasquez. Ow. It is too bad. That's her and Drake. And Drake and her have a flirtatious relationship, I'd say. Yeah, apparently their backstory is that they were in the same... Um, uh, orphan school together, and they got into some trouble. Orphanage? Yeah. Yes, there you go. Orphan, orphan school. school. <laughs> orphan school. <laughs> like I said, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I, my battery's a little bit low tonight. <laughs> doing the best I can here. Uh, and they got into some trouble and were forced to join the Marines. Right. Yes. And, and there is a scene here where. They're all kind of sitting around eating, and Ripley is kind of keeping herself away from everybody else. And I think, once again, it is Hudson that asks Bishop to do the knife thing. But first, they talk about getting, they hoping that they're going to some place where they can get some Artui and Poontang. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what Artui and, I know what, I know what Poontang is, but I don't know what Artuians are. Uh, apparently, it's some kind of androgynous race, because... Oh, Yeah. Didn't matter if it's a guy or a, or a girl, right? And okay. so it's a very Captain Kirkian thing, if you will. Sure. Okay, carry on with your bishop and the knife thing. Well, the knife thing is, and this is something that I'm sure it's been in multiple movies. I can't think of any ones, but I've also seen it in person where somebody puts their hand down and then they take a a knife, usually a switchblade, and they do the yes as they go between the fingers, which. Definitely, in my mind, reminds me of some of the idiots I was friends with growing up. Definitely would have done that sort of thing. Sure. But Bishop actually takes Hudson's hand, and he puts his hand over that. And well, he no, pu- no. They, somebody grabs Hudson's hand. Okay. And then he puts his hand on top of that. And I think he does that because he's programmed to not be able not to harm another human being. So he put his hand over Hudson's hand to kind of protect his hand. But... You can tell that there is some tomfoolery done here with the speed of the film. Oh, that... yeah. You could, you could see Apone laughing. Yeah, it, it's it's not in... that. It's definitely sped up. Yes, yes, yes it is. And it in over the course of this, Bishop apparently nicked himself. And he is, much, much like people in some of my favorite films, is leaking milk. Yes. Oh, you're into those kind of things. Huh? <laughs> no, I'm not. But, and this is how Ripley finds out that Bishop is an android. And Ripley, understandably from the first film, has problems with androids. Yes. Yeah. And uh, Burke calls refers to him as a synthetic, and Bishop prefers artificial person. Right. And here's where Gorman has his first real interaction where he is speaking to the troops and at one point he asks, they want to know what this is. They want to know if this is another bug hunt or what this is. 
and he asks Ripley to explain what it is, and she basically gives a summary of what happened in the first film. What exactly are we dealing with here? Ripley? I'll tell you what I know. We sat down on LV-426. One of our crew members was brought back on board with something attached to his face, some kind of parasite. We tried to get it off. It wouldn't come off. Later, it seemed to come off by itself and die. Kane seemed fine. We were all having dinner, and um, it must have laid something inside his throat, some sort of embryo. He started... Um, he... Look, man, I only need to know one thing. Where they are. Anytime, anywhere. Right, right. Somebody said alien. She thought they said illegal alien and signed up. Fuck you, man. Anytime, anywhere. Are you finished? I hope you're right. I really do. One of those things managed to wipe out my entire crew in less than 24 hours. And if the colonists have found that ship, then there's no telling how many of them have been exposed. Do you understand? So this is kind of a wake-up call, if you will, sort of. And it shows Ripley is breaking with emotion a little bit as she's telling the story. And one of the things I notice here is almost every one of the Marines is smoking. Mm-hmm. And, and Gorman is trying to exert a sphere of control, but none of the grunts, if you will, respect him. And Hudson has a question for Gorman. Any questions? What is it, Private? How do I get out of this chicken shit outfit? You secure that shit, Hudson. Now move it, people. All right, sweethearts, you heard the man and you know the drill. Assholes and elbows. Hudson, come in. Come here. <laughs> you do that to your kids? Where you're like, get, get over here right now. No, I do it to my dog. Oh, okay. I do it to my kids. If I do that to my dog, he take, he runs, he thinks I'm, I'm mad at him. Which, I mean, usually Yeah, you are. <laughs> yeah, but the, he, he will not come to me when, when, when that. He's, he's very, very sensitive when I scold him. Oh, yeah. Joey's the same way. And, <laughs> um, yeah. Joey is, every, who who wakes you wake up early right you you get up before the missus right so most days yes so you take care of the dog in the morning no he stays in bed he stays he stays uh, in bed until my missus wakes up so six or seven days unless she's out of town or on vacation and I'm working Jen will get up with the dog on Sunday it's my day to get up and he somehow knows to come to me on Sundays okay. to wake me up and if I don't want to get up. He comes over and he kind of stands next to me and he, he and, I, and I just say, fuck off, dog. And then he'll go back and lay down for an hour. <laughs> you don't go, beat it. <laughs> beat it. <laughs> no, I only do that to people in castles. Okay. Who are trying to buddy fuck you. Yeah, exactly. But they start doing, preparing for the, the drop that is coming up. And Ripley feels like she's not doing anything. So she wants to do something to help out. And this is another. Could you tell me where the nuclear vessels are? With yeah, her yeah. having worked on a loader before. Yeah, there's all kinds nice. of hustle, hustle nice. preparation going on. And uh, yeah, she wants to help out. And she's got a, cl- a class two rating mm-hmm. for that, lo- that loader over there. Okay. And those, I mean, that technology is pretty cool. 
And we see that similar in Avatar, another Cameron film. Yeah, very, very similar. Well, you know that for across multiple films, there are similar, like the um, Whalen yutani I think it is, is, is a company that appears across multiple things, and that includes Avatar and Aliens. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. But as they are starting to get ready, Vasquez has... Did you see what she had written on her gun? Biocondios? Adios. Yeah, oh, adios. Okay. And her boyfriend, Drake, has bitch written on his. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's... So, that heavy machine gun, actually, while I was looking for clips, for some reason, I stumbled upon a four-minute video talking about that heavy machine gun. And it was actually well put together and pretty interesting, but we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, the one thing that looked out of place was their helmets. Because those are like the same types, that's referred to as an M1 helmet that they're wearing. I mean, that's the same helmet that they wore in Vietnam and World War II, but then they just have like these extra flaps and, and some extra doodads attached to them. Again, with the, the technology of being 200 years in the future, you just, I just thought that they could have come up with something a little bit better, a little bit more high tech. So you don't think that helmet, te- helmet technology was really improved upon? <laughs> it certainly did not look like it. So they, I think you wanted to talk a little bit about the the drop because uh, now they're at the point where they're doing the drop. Yeah. Oh, first of all, with their body armor, they were they were both, all the actors were able to do that their own graffiti. On, on there. So, um, I can't even remember. I, that I don't have in my notes what they wrote on there, but there's some interesting ones. Maybe. The pilot says, uh, fly the friendly skies on hers. Yes. She yeah. was cute, and she wasn't in anything else, which really no. upset me. Yeah. You thought she was cute? Yeah, I did. I thought she was cute. The mm. pilot, yeah. Mm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it was cool, man. That It's... The, all the jargon that they were using with the, with the dropship was very cool, and it would not have just dropped out of the sky like the way it, it did. So, um, it, it would have had to have had some thrusters because obviously the ship was in, in space orbit, and it wouldn't. It, there would have been no gravity for the ship to drop the way it had. So, it, it maybe they had some thrusters on there that we weren't aware of. Right, and so. The, the the ship drops and it's kind of going down and it's flying through the atmosphere. And one of the things that I've noticed watch, re-watching films from the 80s, especially any films that have special effects, is we are so spoiled with mm-hmm. what we have now because, honestly... These effects aren't very special. Yeah. No. <laughs> These effects suck. There are some effects in this film that are really, really dodgy. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, it's, you know, that's what they had to work with. Right. But Gorman is not handling the drop very well. No, they ask, how many how many drops is this for you, Lieutenant? And he goes, 38 simulated. Well, how many combat, combat drops? Two, including this one. <laughs> and Hicks, what, what is Hicks doing during the drop? He's, he's sleeping. <laughs> yeah. So, one of the things that... When with my job that I used to have is I used to fly a lot mm-hmm. and some people love flying. Some people hate flying. For me, it's like, it was just kind of like, you're just sitting in a tube. It's no big deal. Mm-hmm. But my body became so accustomed to being on a plane that I would get on the plane. I would fall asleep. 
I'd wake up for the drink cart lady and then I'd go back to sleep and there was no problem with it at all. And if we had turbulence or whatever, it never bothered me because I was so used to it. And that's what made me think of is he's been through this so many times. This is just another day at the office for him. Sure. Sure. Well, it, it, you're lucky that you could do that because I cannot sleep on a plane. I just can't. Like when we went to Europe, I did not sleep very well at all. Well, and that, and that, that messed with my whole sleep pattern for a couple of days and my shitting pattern as well. Yeah. The, the, I don't like airplane bathrooms, but yeah, not a, not a fan. <laughs> do you remember? <laughs> well, I, I, I didn't shit for like two days and we got a hotel room and the toilet. It was like <laughs> you, you would poop on a little shelf in the toilet and then you would flush and a jet of water would, would like shove it and flush it into the hole. Yeah. And I was like, all right, man, I, I got, I, I got to poop. And I went in there and you had pooped and you had left your prize. <laughs> you had left your prize on the shelf for me. That doesn't sound like something I'd do. <laughs> no, not at all. Yeah. But no, there's I, this, I, go ahead. There's this gigantic wall of monitors for a camera for each soldier. And one of them doesn't work. I think, is it Hicks? Uh, Gorman says, Hicks, you're, 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 um, which of a jigger, your camera's not working that well. He just kind of bangs it against the wall right. and it fixes it, it fixes it. And they're in an APC. They're in an all uh, armored personnel carrier that actually drove into the drop ship. And as they're, they're flying, you know, over the compound, they say, okay, yeah, compound looks okay. Lander comes in, drops off the assault vehicle. And here's another thing that. Basically, this vehicle would really only be good for urban warfare. It's not an all-terrain vehicle, which is something that I think these Marines would need. Yeah, but I mean, they know where they're going. So they, they probably prepared for the environment that they were going to be in, and they knew what the environment of that colony looked like. So this would have been good for that. Okay, all right. Uh, so they get in there. They get into they get into the compound and and we're you know we we kind of have the military drum music da, 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 you know and the hustle and bustle of them breaking off in the squads and I think the squads consist of two riflemen a heavy machine gunner and then a flamethrower. Oh, you wanted the flamethrower? I thought that was later. They fold the flamethrower. <laughs> the kids love this one. Yeah, I, again, I don't think that that would be a weapon that would necessarily be used by this type of specialized combat unit well given that they don't know much i mean even with ripley's expertise if you will they don't know much about the alien other than that it has acid for blood but they don't know what its weaknesses are because mm -hmm. they didn't do anything the only thing she did was she blew it out the airlock it was never actually she didn't do anything with fire if i remember correctly from the first film so that they doesn't... had Dallas had a flamethrower while he was going through the corridors. But did he ever actually do anything no, against the no, alien with it? No, no, he did not. He did not. Well, if Dallas had one, maybe that is just kind of a SOP for, you know, people in in that time frame Perhaps. in this universe. Sure. So they get into the interior of the compound, and it looks like there's been trouble. Uh, they talk about hits from small arms fire and seismic survey charges were used. Right. And, but they cannot find anyone. And no. there's a, a half eaten donut on the desk. And I do not buy that. Right. Nor do I. 
because this is a colony that they lost contact with months and months ago. Once again, we don't know the time frame of how long it takes to get to this place. So if if someone had been eating a donut and then they had to leave that donut mid-snack, it yeah, would have that, rotted by now. That donut looked pretty fresh. Yeah, it, it did. But yeah. they do see some damage that... Actually, I think Ripley has somebody back up, and they see some damage on the floor that is consistent with the acid blood that she talked about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Hicks says it looks like the bag one of Ripley's bad guys here. But Gorman says that the situation is secure. Yeah, Ripley strongly disagrees. <laughs> yeah. And there's an area that was barricaded and welded shut. Mm-hmm. They put up the last stand. Yeah. And then they get to the lab. Right. So this is the part where when I saw this with my dad, I knew that this part was coming with the, the face huggers and one of them still being alive. And it's a, it's a, it's a jump scare moment. And I just kind of closed one eye and had my other eye on my dad to see what his reaction would be. <laughs> it scared the shit out of him. And he was, he looked at me and he's like, I am not happy that you took me to this movie. <laughs> no, I, when I was watching it, I knew where I knew what was coming up. Uh-huh. So I wasn't even watching the TV. I was I was watching Jen just to see what her reaction was. And sure. there's definitely a jump scare. And she's like, that really looks like a vagina. <laughs> <laughs> Had she seen this before? Uh, a vagina or this movie? No, this movie. <laughs> okay. Um, no, she'd never seen this movie before. Okay. All right. So, yeah, there's yeah there's, there's three facehuggers. Two of them are dead, but one is still kicking. And Burke gets up close to the glass and it, you know, and... It, it's like suction cup up against. Basically, it also looks like a bee hole a little bit. <laughs> and, and Hicks says, looks, a hole. "Yeah, looks like love to me." <laughs> um, and then, so we did, we failed to mention that they've got these these trackers. And, and again, I would think that this would be something that would be small enough that would be mounted to, to one of their rifles. Right. Not no, this thing. Yeah, that's this, you know the size of. I don't know. What would you say that? What would you compare that motion tracker to? I don't know, probably the size of a small rodent. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyways, but they say that we've got movement. Yeah. And they're tra- they're tracking something. And Drake, one of the heavy machine gunners, he shoots. He's got poor, poor fire discipline. And it ends up being a little girl. And Hicks reaches for her under the grate. And what happens? What happens when he reaches for her? He bites her. Or she bites him, I'm sorry. Yeah. So, did you know that in the three James Cameron movies that he's in, he gets bit in the arm in all three of those? Hicks' character gets bit by Newt. You know why Cameron did this? Why? No, that's in my notes. Oh. It's because it, it's something that happens because Sarah Connor bites him in Terminator. Yes. And then, I don't know who bites him in The Abyss. Is it Mary Elizabeth? Mastro Antonio? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. She shows her dead boobs in that movie. Yeah, it's actually, you know, from recently dead, it's 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 still cool. Yes. <laughs> All right. So it turns out that uh, she, this girl is about eight or nine years old, the same age as Ripley's dead daughter was right. when she left. Once again, this would have been something that would have given it a little bit more weight if we had had that subplot. Uh-huh. And she gives her some hot chocolate. She goes, uh-oh. Got a clean spot, and she cleaned. Now she has to clean off the rest of her face. Have you ever cleaned off your kid's face with like licking your thumb to wipe off a smudge, or has your wife ever done that to one of your kids? 
Uh, my wife might have, but I never have. Okay, I have. I remember my mom doing it to me and hating it. So I tried doing it to one of my kids once, and they're like, "No fucking way." <laughs> but so, sorry, Gorman is just grilling the girl. Yeah, and Ripley gives her some hot chocolate, and Ripley says something along the lines of. I don't know who you are, but you're a really brave girl, Rebecca. And she says this. Oh, I don't know how you managed to stay alive. But you're one brave kid, Rebecca. What'd you say? Newt. My name's Newt. Nobody calls me Rebecca except my brother. What did Newt remind you of just the the name anything big newtons what makes you think she's a witch well she turned me into a newt a newt got better recognize that that's from monty python and the holy grail yeah yeah um so in the in the extended version of this movie there's actually a scene of newt and her brother Timmy and mom and dad in an all-train vehicle, and they're driving through the LV-426 countryside, and they come upon the alien mothership. And mom and dad say, okay, you two kids stay in here. We're going to go check this thing out. And dad brings mom back a few minutes later with a face hugger on her. Yeah, I, I vaguely remember. I had, didn't rewatch the extended cut or the director's mm-hmm. cut, but I have seen it before. Okay, I went on YouTube and watched as many of them as I could find. And, you know, Ripley is asking, because Newt had mentioned her brother, and mm-hmm. Ripley wants to know about the other colonists and her her parents, and Newt kind of snaps a little bit. Mom and Dad? Newt, look at me. Where are they? They're dead. All right, can I go now? Probably one of the few bad acting moments in this film. Sure. But she's a kid. Yeah. I mean, most kid actors are not good actors. Yeah, j- just like in um, you know, the movie we watched a couple weeks ago. The Outsiders. There you go. <laughs> Bishop is dissecting one of the facehuggers, and one of the soldiers walking by, and he's like, Hello, Bishop. <laughs> and Bishop goes, Magnificent, isn't it? Yeah, it is... Everybody's kind of like doing their thing, mm-hmm. and, and and Hudson is going over what I think is a really kind of cool. It's one of the few times they got like future tech right, almost because when they're going over the the what do you call it the blueprints for mm-hmm. the facility, and what they're doing is almost like a giant touchscreen, except it has like a little joystick controller, and he is looking for. The transmitters, because each of the colonists had a transmitter implanted in them so they could be tracked. PDTs. What does PDT stand for? Personal... Something transmitter? Yeah. Okay. Uh, And Hudson says, stop your grinning and drop your linen. Found the colonist. That's actually from an ACDC song called Shake a Leg. Yeah. So, interesting enough that they would bring up um, 20th century music in this movie. In Prometheus, 
uh, who's the black dude that is like the hot guy right now? He's an English actor. Idris Elba. Yes. He's playing um, like a, a mandolin or something in the ship. And he says that this, this belonged to Stephen Stills. <laughs> <laughs> it's right before he, uh, he bangs um, the South African chick. Charlize Theron. There you go. She's a huge bitch, too. She's a huge bitch. That's a huge bitch. Yeah, she's she's like six foot tall, man. Have oh. you ever dated anybody that is taller than you or as tall as you? Oh no, I, I dated a girl that was six feet tall, and that okay. was and we only went out a couple times. But if she was in heels, she probably would have been taller than me, and that would have been weird. Yeah, so I dated a girl that was as tall as me, and that I didn't like it. I didn't. She was really good looking and had a great body, but it just felt really really awkward. Like I was dating a dude. Well, you're you're what five six five seven, a five ten. Okay, <laughs> five ten and eleven on a good day. <laughs> yeah, um, but so my brother is like six foot four, and his wife, his second wife, is six foot one, and she wears heels all the time. And when I go to give her a hug, it's like this is so weird, man. It's just weird hugging this big chick. So you wouldn't be into, I can't remember her real name, but uh, the the one who played Phasma? No. Gwendolyn. Christie. Yeah. Yeah. Or for, anybody for, that. For multiple reasons. Yes. Or anybody that plays in the WNBA. Well, I don't think anybody that plays in the WNBA would be into you either, to be no, fair. No, probably. Probably not. <laughs> yeah, what they say, looks like a goddamn town meeting. Because all the PDTs are underneath the, the what do you call it? Heat exchanger? Um, yeah, so, yes. Yeah. So they take they hop into the APC, and they, they, the colonists are on sub-level three. So they have to drive into the um, fusion reactor. That's what it is. So, but the, so okay. That goes in. So this thing is a fusion reactor. And basically, fusion reactor is it's kind of the same thing that they are trying to make in um, the Dark Knight movies. Correct? Okay. So basically, sustainable energy. So they're far enough in, in advance that okay, they've got a fusion reactor, which means that they've they probably have fusion reactors on Earth, and they have fusion reactors probably on these spaceships as well, which gives them an unlimited supply of fuel. I mean, that's one of the big things with space travel is getting off the ground because the fuel is your, is your biggest weight component. But if you've got a fusion reactor, now you can, you can go farther and faster, and it doesn't matter. Right. So that may explain a little bit of the speed in the travel. The thing, one of the things I liked is in, I, they always say the devil's in the details and they show as the car is rolling up to, I don't know if you'd call it a garage door, but mm-hmm. some kind of door and the gun kind of pivots back and, yes. and rotates up t- towards the back and then they drive in. I thought that was a cool little thing Absolutely. that they didn't need to do. Yes. So they get down to sub-level three and they are in this vast alien network. Looks like secreted resin. Secreted from what? What is that? Uh, you know, I don't know. It's it's very Geiger-esque um, because HH is, is HH or HR Geiger. I don't know who you're talking about. The person who designed the aliens. I thought that was Stan Winston. 
the actual no he Winston created them, but they were based on a design by Geiger. Okay. And it's HH or HR Geiger, but it's it's very Geiger-esque. And if you look at any of his stuff, it's that very um and if you look at, at like the Contra video games, for example, it's the same kind of alien kind of okay. looking thing. Sure. And I, I don't know if, if that's from the Queen, if that's their shit. I don't I don't know what it is that actually makes it be like that. Okay. So something I think that we need to discuss. How many families did you say? Fifty were? to sixty? Or is it sixty to seventy? Let me go back up. Continue. Sixty to seventy. Okay. Okay. So average of three people per family. So you're looking at a hundred and eighty. Say two hundred. Say two hundred. Okay. So two hundred aliens. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. We'll get to that in a little bit. Okay. But they say yeah, it's hot and hell, it's hell in here. But Paxton goes, yeah, but it's a dry heat. <laughs> it looked awfully humid in there. Yeah, they're, they're just they're just sweating their balls off. Uh-huh. And, and and Ripley points out where they are. They're underneath the heat exchanger. And wouldn't bullets be bad in there? And Burke goes, yeah, uh, yes, bullets would be bad. <laughs> So a pawn goes around and collects all the magazines. Mm-hmm. And flame units only. Some of them have pistols. Hicks pulls out a 12-gauge shotgun. And the the thing that you see, the, the two heavy machine gunners on clip, basically is their battery pack. So I was wondering what, they, what that was because there's no way that could have been bullets. Because, yeah. No, no it, was, it was. And that's what I got from that watching that. Because I was like... All these years I've been wondering, what is that? And why do they have an extra one? That's obviously not their bullets. But yeah, no, that's the connector that that goes between the gun and the battery pack. And Vasquez has an extra, actually two extra ones because Mm -hmm. she has one and she gives the other one to Drake. Correct. Yeah, but we got lots of dead people uh, until we come to one and the medic goes up to her and opens her eyes. That's, That's now we are at your second jump scare. Did Jen, did Jen jump at that one, too? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Okay. And we got a live one, and she's saying, kill me, kill me. And it starts to pop out the alien out of her chest, and they torch it. Well, that pisses off all the aliens, doesn't it? And this is a really cool thing with the way that the aliens are just kind of like curled up into the structure. Yes, yes. And, the- and the way they kind of come out of it is is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and the walls start moving, and of course, the bag with all the ammo in it is on fire. Well, hold on a second. So there's movement all around, and Ripley is telling Gorman, "Pull your team out, pull your team out." But the chick with the flamethrower, she gets nailed first, mm-hmm. and she torches Frost, and Frost is the one that's carrying the bag of ammunition, and kaboom! So. That goes, he, you know, we got two Marines down. Crow is looking over the side. Hicks grabs him, but the ammunition explodes. He dies. Uh, Wisbowski gets taken out. We just hear him screaming. Uh, and then Vasquez says, let's rock! And she just, <laughs> she is just taking down everything with this heavy machine gun. Yeah, she just opens fire, and Gorman is completely losing control. Oh, completely. Yeah, yeah. Apone gets taken out. Al Matthews, his great singing career is now over. Uh, yeah, Gorman freezes, and Ripley is, you know, she's trying to grab the headset and tell Hicks to get the team out, 
And Gorman's like, what the hell are you doing? And so what does she do? She takes shit into her own hands, and she jumps at the, at the driver's seat of the APC and starts driving to go get them out. And she is all over the road. How's she driving, that? In my notes, it says she does her best Danica Patrick impersonation. Right. So she rams in through some alien secretion, which means now one of the side doors is blocked. And Hicks yells, just a cool line, Marines, we are leaving. So when I was a kid and we used to play Army, and um, yes, I played Army in, in, in 1986 and 1987 when I was 13 or 14. You have to keep in mind that where I lived, I, I grew up on top of an old downhill ski hill, and we just had the coolest places to play Army. So that's why we played Army for a long time. But that was one of the lines that we would use when we were pretending we were being ambushed, is Marines, we are leaving. Yeah, and the soldiers are in retreat, and the soundtrack in this part, and I almost thought about pulling a clip from this, is very Wrath of Khan. Oh, yes, it is. Yeah. Uh, Drake, he's laying waste. He runs out of ammo. He moves to the flamethrower. Uh, but an alien does get shot, I think, by Vasquez, and basically sprays him with acid. Yeah, Drake I mean, gets burned by the acid pretty bad. Yeah, he's he gets fucked up pretty bad. Um, so they've got to go around to the other side of the APC because the one door is closed. They get inside, they're trying to close the doors, and what comes through the two doors? The hands. The alien hands, and, you know, they're fighting against each other. Hicks takes his 12-gauge shotgun, basically put it in, puts it in the alien's mouth, and kaboom, and Hudson gets his arm sprayed with a little bit of acid. Yeah, and Hicks gets sprayed. No, actually, Hicks does no. not. At this point, that's later. Yeah, but you're right. Um, and then at this point, Ripley starts driving away, and Gorman. And how's, she dri- how, how's she driving? <laughs> She's driving. She's hitting everything in her path. Uh-huh. <laughs> and Gorman hits his head, and there's actually one of the aliens is on the car trying to break in through the windshield. And yes, then, which it does. It does break in through the windshield. But she pulls a, a Maverick, and what does she do? She slams on the brakes. And it flies fly right, right by. It flies right by, and she goes over it. Yeah, and, yeah she and, runs and, over it. And this is like another Cameron trademark, is a tire running over a skull or something crushing a skull. Okay. You see that in all the Terminator films that he did. It is a, a common trope, just like Spielberg has a shooting star. Something stepping on a skull is a Cameron trademark. Okay. I did not know that. Um, but yeah, so they, I mean, they get out into the open and basically Hicks is telling her, okay, you can stop. You can stop. Basically, you know, the vehicle's fucked up, you need, but you need to stop. And Hudson sees that the Sarge and Dietrich are still alive. We gotta go back and get them, and they're like, "No, they're already cocooned, man. Their their facehuggers are already on them." Yeah, and, and um, Hudson ha- has this, and he he's not really a rayish sunshine in, at this point. No, oh, dear Lord Jesus, this ain't happening, man. This can't be happening, man. This isn't happening. All right, we got seven canisters of CN twenty. I said we roll them in there and nerve gas the whole fucking nest. That's worth a try, but we don't even know if it's going to affect him. Look, let's just bug out and call it even, okay? What are we talking about this for? Yeah. And then they decide that they discuss, no, but let's just get out of here and nuke the whole site from orbit. I say we take off and nuke the entire site from orbit. 
It's the only way to be sure. Fucking A. Oh, hold on, hold on one second. This installation has a substantial dollar value attached to it. They can bill me. Okay, look. This is an emotional moment for all of us, okay? I know that. But let's not make snap judgments, please. This is clearly, clearly an important species we're dealing with, and I don't think that you or I or anybody has the right to arbitrarily exterminate them. Hold on. Yeah, watch us. Hey, maybe you haven't been keeping up on current events, but we just got our asses kicked, pal. <laughs> Look, I'm not blind to what's going on, but I cannot authorize that kind of action. I'm sorry. Well, I believe Corporal Hicks has authority here. Corporal Hicks's. This operation is under military jurisdiction, and Hicks is next in chain of command. My right, Corporal? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Look, Ripley, this is a multi-million dollar installation, okay? He can't make that kind of decision. He's just mm -hmm. a grunt. I, no offense. None taken. Pharaoh, do you copy? Standing by. Prep for dust off. We're going to need immediate evac. Roger. On our way. Say we take off, nuke the site from orbit. It's the only way to be sure. There's a definite chemistry. Let's do it. Yeah. Oh, sorry. No, that's <laughs> I, right. I jumped the gun a little bit there. Okay. Uh, there, there's a definite chemistry between Ripley and Hicks here. A little bit. Yeah. And it, it comes up a little bit later when they're kind of like huddled in in their little um, barricaded section. But they are waiting for pickup and the hot pilot is coming to pick them up. But first, oh, Spunkmeyer, he, he's... The, the co-pilot he's outside is he what is he out there is he jerking off or something <laughs> i'd say he's, he's having a heater but i mean you can do that anywhere you don't have you to step outside anywhere. for it yeah yeah in this universe you can you can have a heater anywhere right but yeah he comes in and puts his hand on something he's got some gooey stuff on there he's like ooh, who jerked off here <laughs> exactly it's like you think that that would give him pause right right so yeah but we don't see him get taken out but all of a sudden, the door opens as she's ta as she's flying, and she's like, "God, Spunkmeyer, where were you?" And it's an alien, and she Grant reaches for her weapon, but the little mouthy part comes out <laughs> and splatters blood <laughs> all over. Yeah, yeah. And, and, all over the windshield, and and the lander crashes, and this does not inspire mm -hmm. any more confidence in in Hudson at all. Well, that's great. That's no, just fucking great, man. Now what the fuck are we supposed to do? We're some real pretty shit now, man! <laughs> he's just a ray of sunshine. <laughs> well, he's, well, when does he say game over? Oh, well, Newt says, I, I, I guess we're not going to be leaving now. And then oh, Hudson continues with... That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. What the fuck are we going to do now? What are we going to yeah, do? Yeah, that light... That line. That actually was improvised. That's not in, that's, yeah, that line. And also, when they're on the dropship and he says, we're on the express elevator to hell, that was also an improvisational line. But, you know, so they're sitting around kind of they're, they're, figuring they're, out what they're, they're doing, back, right? Yeah. Going over, yeah, they've got the weapons. They're, they're sorting out what they've got. Uh, and what they don't show in this version is that they've got the, the, the four sentry guns, um, which... I don't know why they took that part out of the movie. Yeah, it was kind of small. But, but 
as they're talking, Newt kind of imbues a, a sense of urgency in them getting out of where mm-hmm. they are. And this is probably one of the more, probably one of the top two famous lines, or three with Game Over Man, but she says this. We better get back because it'll be dark soon and they mostly come at night. Mostly. Apparently, she's embarrassed by that line. Her friends give her shit about it to this day. Really? And, and yes. As, as they're going through the inventory, they're they're back at the uh, what would you call compound. it? The lab, the compound, the okay. control, the control room. Yeah. And, yeah. and and again, Hudson is freaking out. <laughs> basically, Ripley takes charge and she gives Hudson a job, and that, that calms him down. Give him something to do. Don't let his mind wander. And, you know, this is, we talked about it a little bit earlier, about how, how does the, the time work? But it, it's a matter of how long before they realize something has gone wrong before they get rescued. How long sure. after we're declared overdue can we expect a rescue? 17 days. 17 days? Hey, man, I don't want to rain on your parade. We're not going to last 17 hours. Those things are going to come in here just like they did before, and they're going to come in here, and they're going to come in here, and they're going to get us. Oh, I thought she kept going. (laughs) (laughs) That's where she gives. That's where she gives Hudson a job. Yeah, she wants the floor plans because she wants to figure out ways in and ways out of the facility. Mm -hmm. They plan their defense. They weld the door shut, um, and then Hicks gives Ripley. A locator bracelet. Right. And at this point, Ripley still wants nothing to do with Bishop, with, with the android, or what did he want to call himself called as? A uh, synthetic... Human? Something like that. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, he gives... Hicks gives Ripley a tracker, which is a plot point, and there's some heavy flirting there. Artificial the, person. Artificial, artificial person. person. Okay. Yes. But Ripley is putting Newt down to sleep. And she turns on a heater, not to be confused with lighting a heater. Mm-hmm. And as as often you have kids, did you ever have like the discussion with with your kids about monsters under the bed? No, never. I had I had was that a fart? Yeah. It was. <laughs> okay. I had a customer one time that uh, they had little kids and they knew that the bug guy was coming, and I had to do an inspection underneath the bed for monsters, and then pre. pre- pretend to spray underneath there to kill any potential monsters that were that were living underneath the bed. Oh, that's sweet. Uh-huh. Yeah. But uh Ripley and Newt talk about monsters. My mommy always said there were no monsters. No real ones, but there are. Yes, there are, aren't there? Why did they tell little kids that? Most of the time it's true. And Ripley gives Newt the tracker that she literally got two minutes earlier <laughs> right? from Hicks. And this right. is very much a plot element that comes back up. Sure. And she says, she tells Newt that she can see, we'll be able to watch you with these cameras. And she points to a camera that is the same camera that you would see in the 1983 jailhouse movie. <laughs> but Ripley also promises that she will not leave Newt, which mm-hmm. comes to bear later. But here's her, here's that promise. I'm not going to leave you, Newt. I mean that. That's a promise. You promise? I cross my heart. And hope to die. And hope. 
this is where it comes into, okay, why is she so attached to this girl? Right. Once again, if they had the daughter subplot, it would make so much more sense. Yes. So it turns out that Burke wants uh, to bring the face huggers back. And he says, they'll be worth millions. Again, <laughs> I think they'd be worth a little bit more 200 years from now. Yeah. And, and this came about because Ripley tell uh, Bishop is kind of giving his report on the examination he's done of the aliens. And she said that she wants them destroyed. And he says, well, Mr. Burke gave specific instructions that they're yes. there to be brought back. Yeah. So, and apparently once these facehuggers die, the acid in their blood basically becomes inert. Yeah. But at this point, we also find out that Burke is really, really a shitty person. Because yes. he sent the colonists to where Ripley's ship had first been in the first movie. And Ripley is threatening him, basically saying, I'm going to rat you out when we get back, just so you know. Yeah, she said, I'm going to nail, his, nail your ass to the wall. And Bishop has something to show everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, the emergency venting on the reactor. <laughs> and the, the station's going to blow up in, eh, let's say, four hours. Right. With a blast radius of 30 kilometers, so basically um, enough energy of a 40 megaton bomb. Do you know how much the Hiroshima bomb was? 10? 15 kilotons. And so basically 0.015 megatons. Okay. So this would be a little bit larger. Yes, just a little bit. And, but Ripley suggests bringing down the other drop sh- ship from the Suloco. Okay, this is where another where I have another problem with this movie. Why isn't anybody on the main ship or a synthetic person on the main ship? Why did everybody leave? It's it's almost like um, what's the movie uh, Adrift or what's no not Adrift, Open Water Two, where they all jump off the boat. Okay, but they they forgot to put the ladder down on the boat, so now yeah. they're they're all swimming next to the boat and they can't get back on it. Yeah, I remember that movie. I actually saw it. Um, adrift is some is adrift the adrift's not the one with um, oh Robert Redford, is it? No, no. Adrift but, is but, w- with the the girl from um, oh gosh, from that teen series that was made into a series of movies that wasn't very successful. Divergent or something? Yeah, the, the Divergent series. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah, where she's imagining, spoiler alert, that her boyfriend is still alive. Basically the boyfriend that she met just like three days before, and they decided to sail around the world. I, I haven't watched that. No, I don't okay. have to. Thanks. I, well, yeah, yeah, yeah you, don't, you don't need to watch it. Um, but, oh, but that reminds me, there's there's a movie with Robert Redford, and I, I can't remember the name of it, but it is something... I'll, I'll find his, out the name of it. His sailboat runs into a shipping container. Yes. Just floating out in the middle of the ocean and it's tears a, up his boat. It's a great movie. It is. Uh, yes. And there's there's only like probably three or four sentences of dialogue in the entire movie. Mm-hmm. But it's it's such a good movie. Yes. Um, so yeah. So somebody's going to have to align the dish from the colony transmitter. And Bishop volunteers to do it. Only one problem. It's a, he's got to go through a big pipe that's 180 meters long. Yeah. Does that pipe remind you of anything else? Just a little bit. 
and a crawl to freedom through 500 yards of shit-smelling foulness I can't even imagine. Yeah, it's uh, it's unfortunate that Andy Dufresne decided to go out on the night that they had they served tacos in the cafeteria. <laughs> I actually saw that clip <laughs> in the last couple of days, but um, they basically there's a four hour window here, and there's barely enough time for everything that needs to happen to basically go through the pipe, align the dish, prep the dropship, fly down. There's like a thirty minute variation assuming everything goes perfectly. But they seal Bishop back up in the pipe as he's going to prep the dropship. And Hicks asks Ripley how long it's been since she slept. Yeah, it's been a while. Um, But first, she wants to learn how to use the rifle. And this is where there's just a little bit of chemistry between the two of them as he's showing her how to use the M41A Pulse rifle, 10 millimeter with the over-under grenade launcher. Yeah, this is a very right-wing flirting method. (laughs) Yes. Yes, it is. And Gorman, who got knocked the fuck out (laughs) earlier, Uh is now up and around. And he tries to apologize to Ripley, and she says, forget it. Right. And she goes to lay down with Newt. Right. But by this time, Bishop is at the link-up. So now... Yeah, he... Here's a problem I have with this film. There's only four hours left. Mm-hmm. Really good time to go take a nap. <laughs> right, right. What's the point? I mean, I, I don't know about you. When I'm really tired, if I if I'm go down for a nap, I'm not going to be out for like an hour or two hours. I'm going to be out for like six, eight, ten hours. So if, if you only if you know you have less than four hours till everything is over. You stay the fuck awake. <laughs> I don't think you would be able to fall asleep. I think there would be so much shit racing through your mind that you wouldn't be able to turn that off to take a nap. Right. But Newt is not uh, in the bed. She is actually sleeping on the ground underneath the bed. Mm-hmm. And Ripley crawls in next to her and she leaves the gun on top of the bed. Right. But then they wake up to the... <laughs> the scampering feet. Of yeah. the face huggers. Yeah. And she sees that the old alien samples are open and she kind of reaches. She does like one of those things with her hand where she's like, oh, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? On the mm-hmm. top of the bed. And her gun is gone. Right. And, and the face hug- hugger uh, lunges at Ripley. Yeah. And Newt's scream is absolutely the worst. How so? Oh, just it's annoying. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. okay. I'll give you that. Yes. Super annoying. But, but the door is locked, and Ripley starts yelling into the camera, and Burke just shuts the monitor off. Shuts the monitor off, so she gets the wise idea of pulling out her, her heater lighter, and lights uh, sets off the smoke detector and the, the witchamajigger sprinklers, which now those warnings are going off all throughout the complex. Once again, technology in the fire detection technology has not evolved in the last 250 years. No, it certainly does not. So, yeah, Hicks has to shoot through the window. Uh, Hudson blasts the first face hugger. And did it seem like he used an awful lot of ammunition when they're already down to a very limited supply? Yeah, well, the the first one is like the first face hugger has its tail wrapped around Ripley's throat like Michael Hutchins. Mm -hmm. And they get that one off. And then the second one is going off of going after Newt and they, I think they, Hudson kills that one yes. and Hicks gets the one off Ripley and they throw it in the corner and kill it. 
and then Burke. It right. was Burke. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it is it is it Hicks or is it Hudson that gives a suggestion of what they should do to Burke. I think it's it's Hicks, and okay. he's sweat. I, 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 Burke is sweating like a whore in church, and he's saying he's like you you people are just delusional. Apparently, Ripley figures out his plan that they were going to get impregnated and then put them in cryo sleep and be able to get the aliens through quarantine or customs mm-hmm. without anybody knowing about it. Yeah, and then one of them says, well, well here's what we're going to do. I say we grease this rat fuck son of a bitch right now. That's Hudson. Yeah, okay. that's Hudson. Okay. And Burke is is saved by the power being cut. Yes, and Hudson's like, how do they, they're damn animals. How do they know how to cut the power? Well, they're pretty smart. But even before this whole thing happens, Ripley has a comparison between Burke and the aliens. You know, Burke, I don't know which species is worse. You don't see them fucking each other over for a goddamn percentage. All right, we waste him. No offense. And that's that's when the power is cut. Yeah, and that's Hicks. Yeah, so it's both Hudson and Hicks that that say it. And you get the little ping, ping, ping. And it kind of reminded me of the sound of raindrops on like a tin roof. Okay. And you you think that was intentional, since you don't apparently agree with that assessment? Maybe not. No, no, not really. But they're they're watching them, and it's very effective with the way that they raise the tension as they show the visual of how far they think the aliens are away, and they say they're they're inside the perimeter, and uh, Vasquez goes to seal the door. And this is, I mean, maybe this is because of I've worked with some of this stuff, but shouldn't she be wearing eye protection? Oh, just a little bit, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's uh, Hudson at this point is giving like the worst countdown ever mm-hmm. <laughs> as, as they are getting closer and closer and closer. And they figure out this can't be right. They're inside the perimeter. And I think it's Ripley figures out, oh, fuck, they're in the ceiling. And yeah. Hicks goes up and kind of lifts the ceiling tile. <laughs> and you see just like 40 of them coming their way. Yeah. But so this is the part, I mean, with, with the, the four sentry guns, they killed a lot of them. And it seems like it's somewhat counterproductive for these aliens to try and get four people to impregnate when they're losing dozens of other ones. Yeah, I, I don't know if it, if it's just uh, it depends on how much credibility you give to the intelligence of the species. Because if you think that it is a long term thing versus a short term thing, because in the short term they're they're losing more people or more aliens, I guess. Mm-hmm. But they their long term viability is 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 larger because they've eliminated the threat whereas if they just kind of let it go they can the the threat can bring in other people and it would possibly be worse that's the only thing i can think of okay all right so yeah they're in the ceiling uh we've got a huge firefight going on uh, everybody's you know laying waste and hudson gets taken through the floor uh and this is one of those deaths when i was a kid that uh, you know was really kind of bummed out when hudson got killed right because he's, he's a he's a very likable character and Ripley pops her gun cherry here. She she shoots the the first time, and you can tell she's not comfortable mm-hmm. with 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 the the recoil 
I'm assuming I'm using the terminology right here. Yes, Doug. you are. Okay, yes, you thank are. you. And yeah, but Hudson gets taken away, and they're trying to get in the locked door, and there's more Rathacon music here. Mm-hmm. And, and Burke basically he goes in the door. And then he locks everybody out. It's like, fuck you guys. I'm on my own. And too bad. There's aliens in there waiting for him. <laughs> right. And in the uh, longer version, um, Ripley runs into him later on after he's been impregnated. And he's like, I can feel it inside of me. And she basically just gives him a grenade and walks away. Well, I mean, that's nice. I mean, that's nicer than she could have been. Sure. Yeah. So, But, but Newt takes them through the air ducts. These are some big-ass air vents. No, they sure are. Yeah, they're moving a lot of air through these things. And, you know, they they reach out to Bishop, and he says that the ship is on its way. And how long will it be until the ship shows up? 15 minutes. So close, Doug. 16 minutes. Okay. And Newt, even though she has been going through these air ducts for months, she is not sure exactly which way to go. And Vasquez is down. She's hurt from the acid and Gorman goes back after Vasquez. Mm-hmm. And basically all they've got is a pistol left and they run out of ammo and he pulls the pin or whatever you would call it on one of these grenades and they wrap their hands around it. And she says, you always were an asshole Gorman and kaboom, they blow each other. They, they blow themselves up. But the shockwave from that explosion as Hicks and Ripley and Newt are trying to kind of cross this, I don't know, water wheel or something. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what. That's a good explanation of it, yeah. Yeah. Basically throws Newt off and she goes sliding down a, a horizontal, or a, a, an angled air duct into some water. Yeah, she goes down the magic laundry chute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the question is, how did Hicks know that Ripley had given newt the tracker yeah i don't know maybe he saw it on her okay that's that's possible but yeah so they get they get down and they're they're trying to cut through the grate with this itty bitty little you know plasma cutter or whatever so they they've got the technology to shrink that down but they still have the tracker they the big tracker and the gigantic flashlights but newt is is yelling and screaming in I understand why, but is that really a good idea? And this is no. somebody who's survived on their own for months and months. She would know better than to draw attention to herself. Right. But she does. Yeah. And an alien comes out of the water and snatches her. And all that's left behind after they get through the floor grate is a doll's head. What's the doll's head's name, Matt? <sighs> for $5. No, I, I don't know. Casey. Casey. Okay, so this is another thing. This the same doll head is used in Titanic. Okay, um, it, it's shown on the ocean floor in part of the reveal of the wreckage of the ship. Okay, but about that? Ripley just loses her shit at this point, and Hicks tells her we have to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they get into an elevator, and you know it's it's the, the same trope of. Pushing the button. Come on, you fucking elevator doors. Will you please close? I really wish they would have been playing like some kind of elevator music yeah. in there. Yeah, exactly. Okay, do you know what song you're humming right now? Girl from Trope or something? So close. Girl from Ipanema. Okay, all right. Okay, so all right. elevator doors are slow to close. 
this is where Hicks's armor is hit by the acid and he's yes. hurt. Yeah. And they are getting close to the pickup point and Bishop lands the ship. And they have how many minutes left? 26 minutes until the reactor meltdown. Got that one right, Doug. Mm-hmm. But Ripley says they are not leaving. Right. And she wants them to fly to the place that they were before where the people were cocooned. And this is another place where we get some really bad special effects with yes. the lander flying through the facility. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the, the, you have the countdown. Once once she weapons up, she she duct tapes some, you know, a pulse rifle and a flamethrower together, gathers up some extra ammo, gathers up a bunch of grenades, and she gets out and the the woman's voice tells says that 15 minutes until you can get to safe distance. And do you know how many minutes it was? Uh, in real time, from the time that that 15 minute counter started until they got to safe distance? 14. 15. Okay. <laughs> now, yeah. I got a question here. Mm-hmm. Is Ripley not wearing a bra? I don't think so. I got one word for you. You know what it is? No. Mournful. So, Mournful, yes. <laughs> and she takes the elevator down, and it, it, it took a minute for the elevator to actually get down. And this is the same place that she couldn't fire in before. And obviously... It doesn't they, matter anymore. It doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. But the, there's these lightning effects. Not really good effects. And Ripley is basically following the... Not the tracker, but the thing that Hicks had given her so... He can, she can see how far away Newt is from her, and it's a constant. Almost there. Uh-huh. Almost there. Almost there. So the getting there, getting there, getting there. Newt is close, and this egg opens, and the face hugger comes out, and Newt screams, which makes Ripley immediately jump to action. And well, well, she finds she. Oh, finds she finds a tracker on the floor, she, right? Yeah, she finds and she starts sobbing. Yeah, yeah, and she she is given up, and but Newt had to have been close, and that's when the egg opens, and that's when Newt screams, which Ripley goes from defeated to action hero like in a second, and she blows away the egg and an alien, and she rips Newt out of the cocooning that she's in. Yeah, there's lots and lots of KY jelly. <laughs> and that's actually what they use. Oh, is it really? Yes, yeah, it is. Yeah, but now they find they they she's yeah, she's a badass superwoman. She's just shooting the place up. Yeah, and the explosions are are starting mm-hmm. and Ripley's and Ripley is carrying Newt and they're going away and she realizes she is just in a field of eggs. She's in the giant sphincter room. Yeah. And you know, when Jen and I were watching this and they, they kind of do like the pullback where she realizes that she's like basically in the middle of a shitload of eggs, which how could she have walked around all of them without running into them? But she's like, holy shit. And there is the queen. And honestly, I thought this is why you wanted this clip. This is what I thought of when I saw the queen. That's a huge bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But uh, basically... She's eye-to-eye with the queen, and the queen is summoning her minions, the other aliens, to come and get her, and basically Ripley just kind of shoots the flamethrower off to the side to show the queen what she is capable of. 
yeah, don't fuck with me. Otherwise, you know, it'll be bad for you. Right. And my question, which I think actually got answered during this podcast, was my question is, why didn't she bring the motion sensor? And apparently it's because the motion sensor was so huge. <laughs> right. It's like a car battery. And that's probably why they did it that way, so that she couldn't bring it. Sure. But so. like you said, she threatens them with the flamethrower and the other aliens back off. But then Ripley starts torching the eggs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I pull. Yeah, she and, and she just starts laying waste to all the aliens around her. I, I, I believe I pulled the sound clip from that. <laughs> there are two movies, and actually, I thought of that when I saw this. But there are two different movies that are both comedies that do variations of this. Can you name either of them? Um, Hot Shots. Okay. And I don't know the other one. UHF. Oh, with Weird Al. I saw yeah. that in the th- I saw that in the theater. <laughs> That's a hilarious film. It is kind of funny. That's got Kramer in it. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Before he <laughs> turned racist. Wheel of Fish. Yes. <laughs> so, um, but then she starts firing grenades into the queen. Well, not into the queen, but into the queen's egg sack. Correct. And the queen detaches from the sack. And Ripley is carrying Newt, and you can clearly see that she's carrying a dummy while she's running. Yeah, and they, they got to get out of there, and they only have four minutes left, and they are waiting for the elevator. Now, I, I, I am not an elevator technician. Mm-hmm. I am not an elevator engineer. I am not well-steeped in elevator knowledge. Okay. But as I understand it, if you take an elevator from a floor to a floor and you get off, if nobody else takes the elevator, it will remain where it is until somebody else calls it. <laughs> You're correct. And I don't think anybody else was calling it. So where the fuck did that elevator go? <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, yeah, she's waiting for the elevator. And she's pissed off. And here comes the queen. And, and, they, and, and yeah, and Ripley and the queen have this interaction. Minutes to minimum safe distance. Stop. Not so fast, y'all. You think you can just up and run away? You crazy. I like to eat people from other planets, especially y'all. I like to eat you with my little mouth, too. Oh, now y'all get back up inside me, little mouth. I wants to play, too. Get back inside. I'll get you when we've eaten them. Zoop. <laughs> Wasn't that the clip I was listening to when you got on today? Uh-huh. And I'm just like, well, there's a lot of weird background noise in there. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but my thought the queen is huge there's no way the queen could have navigated some of those hallways to get yes. to the elevator and apparently to get the the queen into the elevator the production staff had to take its tail off and you know they they finally get in the elevator not after but not until basically ripley has given up and says newt don't look at it or something like that and she's prepared to die and then the elevator shows up and then they they ride up in the elevator, and the queen is coming up in the elevator. They get out to basically where Bishop is supposed to be, and Bishop is not there. Yeah. And she's like, God damn it, Bishop. And the place is falling down around them. Yeah. And then the the other elevator with the queen shows up. And the queen is not very happy at this point. 
and we see some really, really dodgy <laughs> special effects here. Mm-hmm. And the lander shows up and they climb on and the lander is kind of caught in some of the debris. Right. And they fly away. There's some more music from Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. Yeah, she says, punch it, Bishop. And they get 15 minutes away from when the 15-minute counter started. And they no longer have to nuke the facility from orbit. It's taking care of itself. Yes. And so the movie's over. Great movie. So what do you think of it, Doug? Yeah, it was great. Um, I, I think it really held up well. Okay. Yeah. When I was a kid and I saw this in the theater, yeah. I thought the movie was over. Uh, but no, it is not. They 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 land on the ship, on the Siloco, mm-hmm. and Hicks is out, and Bishop had to give him another shot. Right. And she, she she's prepared to, like, carry Hicks by herself, and Bishop says, oh, no, 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 no. We, we need to go get a stretcher. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And Ripley and, and Bishop ha- have made peace. They are, yes. she's now willing to accept him and <laughs> it's like it's it's like it's like uh the mandalorian accepting androids after ig11 helps them out you wanted to say 88 so bad i could hear i know it. i did i know i did i almost did but uh bishop gets impaled and gets torn the fucking half yeah <laughs> and apparently the queen snuck aboard yes and for the first time we see really the full size of, of the queen you know out in the open, and they're That's once again. <laughs> That's the only thing you can say. Uh-huh. Yeah, Newt goes down into the floor, uh, like some sort of access tunnel underneath these grates, and Ripley bolts, and she closes the door, and the alien comes running, thinking it's going to get through the door or under the door, and bangs its head into the door. Right, and yes. the 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 door opens, and. Ripley is in the loader that she was before, and this is probably the most famous quote from Aliens. Mm-hmm. Get away from her, you bitch! Yeah, uh, this is the most epic chick fight ever. <laughs> <laughs> look, look, forget all about boxing and punching. There should be lots of slapping and hair pulling, and you know clothes getting ripped off is always good. Ooh, ooh Sean, you know what's even better? What? You could avoid having your outfit ruined if you both fight in bikinis. Oh, you know for safety they probably ought to be thongs. <laughs> Maybe some oil. Oh yeah. What? Safety oil. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're duking it out, going back and forth. The the queen alien is trying to whack her and stab her with her tail. That tail and, is deadly. Yes. And you know, Ripley's basically has the queen around the neck with the, the pincher from the loader and is using the torch on her. And she opens up the airlock, the, the top door on the airlock. And she brings the queen alien over and thinks, I'm just going to drop this bitch down into this hole, close the top door, and open up the airlock door, and poof, out in the space. But the queen's a little bit smarter than that. Yeah, the queen drags the loader into the airlock with it. But I I love, as Ripley's trying to do her thing, how the second mouth is just doing the... Yes. Yeah. But the... the, Get back in there. Get back in there, you little mouth. I want to play too. (laughs) But after Ripley, do you do, any, do you do any impressions, Matt? No, I don't do any impressions. You don't do. You don't. Oh no! If you can't do Bruce from uh, from Family Guy, no, I, I don't. I used to do SpongeBob, but 
Um, come on, come on, do SpongeBob. I'll do Kermit the Frog if you do SpongeBob. <laughs> Not tonight. So um, the the queen grabs Ripley's leg as she's after she gets out of the loader, and Ripley opens the airlock, basically figuring even if she doesn't survive, she's going to get the alien out of there, and then Newt and um, Hicks will survive. And I love the way that Bishop's body is kind of like skirting across the deck. Yeah. 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 And the alien is flung out into space and there's absolutely zero, no percent chance that App- that Apple- <laughs> Ripley would have been able to climb up. Yeah. No way. No, it no ripped way. her arm off. Yes, absolutely. I have that in my notes as well. And they're safe. And Newt for the first time calls Ripley mommy. Does she? Yes. How did did I not catch that? And in the last, very last part, they're getting ready for hypersleep. And Hicks and what's left of Bishop are are tucked in. And uh, Ripley and Newt are going down for a long nap. And I think you had something to say about Ripley here. Yeah, with her underwear. Sometimes you feel like a nut. Sometimes you don't. Yeah, that mound definitely had no nuts in it. (laughs) But it definitely was a mound. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) And Newt asks Ripley, can I dream? And she says, of course. So, credits, we we see the credits, and I don't know if you did this or not, but watched to the very end of the credits, and as the credits fade to black, you hear a face hugger scurrying across the floor from from left to right. Yep. Final thoughts? I liked it. I, I really did. I thought that it held up. I mean, some of the special effects aside, it was it had tension. It was a good movie. I, I really enjoyed it. It it was it didn't feel long. It it, it was just good. I mean, mm-hmm. compared to some of the other films that we've watched, um and some of the films we will watch, it, it definitely it holds up. It other than a couple sparse special effects issues it, it, i really liked it okay yeah as did I. I i mean it's you know one of my favorite movies from as a kid and it's it's great it's a great action flick i don't and think it's, jen liked it as well okay yeah i mean it's it's not a horror film I, I, alien is a horror film this is it's just pure action. it's an action film sure yeah yeah and other you know other than the technology things which is kind of irritating yeah it's it's a great film so, would you recommend it? Yeah, I, it's one of those things where, honestly, most people have seen it. But if somebody hadn't, I would be like, yeah, I definitely recommend it. And it's it's a movie where, even though it is a sequel, you don't have to be familiar with Alien to understand it. And you can capture it. It is it it is works as a standalone film, even without the context of the other films. Yeah, I don't think. I saw the alien. I, I think I saw bits and pieces of it, but never saw the entire movie before I saw this movie. And then, so when they years later they announced um, that you know they're doing Aliens three, directed by David Fincher, and I, I think this was his first movie though. I was so excited, and it was a complete letdown. Yeah, it was not good. Yeah, and we talked about how I saw that movie so many times in the theater, and. I actually watched the beginning of Alien Three to see how they how they did the transition, mm-hmm. and it was a thing where they basically showed that 
a face hugger or actually multiple face huggers had been on the the ship and they basically broke into the cryostasis tubes before it crashed onto the planet mm-hmm. the prison planet yes so all right what you watching what am i watching watch watch what you watching so this week uh, i watched the end of big brother um, which is a show that's on three times a week. So that is going to free up three hours of <laughs> my week okay. every week going forward. I also watched next week's movie this week. Okay. <laughs> Got a little bit ahead. Now that you don't have a veto, I don't have to worry about <laughs> that anymore. Great. And um, that basically is it. No, I'm sorry. I also watched The Mandalorian, the first episode of the next season of The Mandalorian. Bounty hunting is a complicated profession it's from first season i know but he's an awesome character uh yeah i watched the mandalorian chapter nine what do, do you want to do where we we talk about the episode because i think you could we could probably add an, another hour to this podcast if we really talked about the mandalorian or okay. just so here, here's here's my thought on that is i think i i, I would be i would not be opposed to doing it Mm-hmm. But if we do it, I think it is a clip-free show, and it is separate from this. And so we, can, nope. we, we can do it back-to-back. Okay. We can do it. It's like we do Betamax Rewind, we're done, hit stop, hit record, do Mandalorian. Mandalorian's 35 minutes. Um, we can do it that way, and I'm more than happy to do that, but I think that it is going to add way too much time to this podcast. Okay. Yeah, I agree. Oh, we, we can discuss it over a podcast. And it's also possibly we could do, you know, the first two or the first four. Do it that way. Um, okay. See how the first couple episodes go and, and figure it out from there. Yeah. This uh, this episode was very Tuscan Raider heavy. <laughs> you just pegged the board with that. Did I? Yeah. All right. I hate them. I hate all of them. I just love the fact that... <laughs> Is that a fart? Are you moving around in your chair? Uh, maybe both. <laughs> the, that Mando can speak Tuscan. Oh, yeah. It's great. It's awesome. And I, it was weird because it gave humanity to the Tuscan Raiders. Sure. Which, um, you know, since Anakin didn't really give them much humanity with the way that he took them out. Yeah. And as soon as I saw the, the, um, the, uh, the spoiler, spoiler. The as, last as as, part. Yeah, the no, last scene. No, as, or the armor. Well, as soon as I saw what the episode was called, the Marshal, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm familiar with this, the canonization of Boba Fett's armor um, and who got it. So I was just, I, I, I looked at the boys and I'm like, yeah, we're gonna see some. We're gonna see Boba Fett's armor, fellas. How do you know, Dad? I just knew. I just know. See, the the thing that I thought was clever, and at first I was a little disappointed in, is that when I first saw it, I'm just like, they're not even really trying because it looks kind of shitty. Not the armor, but the rest of the thing outside of the armor, mm-hmm. and and then it's it always, actually ended up making sense. His red sweater. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So yeah, I watched that. Um, I started exercising again. 
Um, so I, I picked a show that I watch while do my half hour of treadmill time uh, every day. And that the, the show that I picked is Animal Kingdom, which is on Prime. It's I think it's a TNT show, but it's about basically about a, a crime family. It's, it's with okay. the one lady, right? Ellen Barkin. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's okay. I don't know if I'm going to continue with it because it's in a show like that. You need the profanity for the realism, and that's just, it's just not there because it is a TNT show. So um, I've also continued watching the right stuff on Disney, which it's okay. I was really kind of hoping more for technical stuff, and they're really, really doing a deep dive on their interpersonal relationships and everything that's going on with their families and everything. And then the family and I on Friday night, I'm like, let's watch a scary movie, but a funny, scary movie, something that's not going to give the boys nightmares. And we found The Haunted Mansion with Eddie Murphy. Okay. It got horrible reviews, like 14% on Rotten Tomatoes. It wasn't that bad. It really wasn't. It was entertaining. You know, I actually, I caught part of Grown Ups 2. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, I don't know how. I think it was just, I had turned something off and I turned the TV input back on and, and I watched part of it. And it was relatively entertaining. I didn't watch the whole thing and I didn't feel like I was missing a whole lot. Okay. that that's really about it for like what I'm watching. Okay. Yeah. Uh, same here. Um, so, I got a question for you. It's random. How's he gonna answer it? I don't know. Let's find out. There, I stop it. <laughs> okay. Um, so, because of my current state of being hungover, uh, the majority of today and not drinking, what was your worst hangover? Ugh. <laughs> you know, if, if I could say that it was because I was hungover, I would say it was this year up at the Shangri-La, but that's not what that was. Um, it probably was, I spent New Year's Eve in New Orleans one year and we flew back the night, like at three o'clock in the morning, New Year's Day. Mm-hmm. And that was just awful. And I, I just wanted to die. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, when I was younger and I would overconsume, I usually vomited in the evening. Um, and, I mean, last night. I got really, really drunk. I mean, drunker than I've been in years because my neighbor and I were just, I mean, he was just pouring me these tall boys of, of bourbon and water and I, and he put a straw in the cup. Well, that was my first mistake right there because I'm going to drink a lot more and I'm going to drink a lot faster. But drunker than I had been in years. And I remember, you know, when I was a kid, I would throw up in the evening and then go to bed and wake up okay. Now as an adult, uh, and I didn't throw up, but as an adult, for some reason, I throw up in the morning. And that just makes it worse because it amplifies the headache. You can't drink anything because you just throw it back up, which means, you know, and you can't take anything. You can't take Advil because you're just going to puke it up. So you just have to kind of suffer through the headache a good part of the day until you can finally get some water and some food in you and then take something. Um, but, yeah, my worst hangover was the night or the, the morning of the, I think, 2007 NFC Championship game where, where it was super cold in Green Bay and the Packers lost. 
and it's the night before I was doing shots of tequila and <laughs> on top of Captain and Coke and got completely hammered and that hangover was bad. I wanted to die. Wow. No, I, I, I'm trying to think if there's a specific one that I can think of and it's been so long that I was really hungover. So it, it had to have been a while ago, but no, I, I, I would say it's probably that, that trip to New Orleans. I'm sorry. I don't have a great answer this week, Doug. Okay. All right. Well, it wasn't a great question. Okay. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Time for a little listener reaction roundup. Howdy, partners. Now it's time for listener reaction roundup. Yee-haw! All right. So I have quite a bit, but everything that I have is... Um, on different resources, so it's going to take me a little bit to get. <laughs> yeah, people are texting me here, people are calling me or leaving me messages. But first is from friend of show Scott. Scott, is that you? And he says, finishing up episode Outsiders episode. It's a classic movie. Matt is wrong. Oh, <laughs> thank you, Scott. You dick. Uh. And then uh, friend of show Joey, who we already heard from. Custard, good. <laughs> Jam, good. Meat, good. And he says, love the show. Just finished my 13th episode. I have to see the remaining flicks to pair with the fine and crude wine you fellows dish up every week. Keep them coming. So, uh, and then, goddamn, like I said, all over the place. Um, do you have anything? Sure. So, um, wife of show Jen. Oh, dog. We 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 talk specifically about the whole sleeping nude thing, and she's like, "Yeah, that's fucked up." Okay, <laughs> she, she's wrong. That that's sending completely mixed messages. So that is a thing where she she said that you were right that that was a weird thing. So yes, all right. Uh, for some reason, I'm re- lose- I can't find my Facebook Messenger app. Um, you want me to go to the next one? Sure, go to the next one. Okay, so um, mother of friend of Doug Tracy. Oh, Doug. Dude, I took some milf. Sent me a link to a place where I could buy balls for a ball pit. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I, I don't know if that was for, for me and Jen or if she was sending me a completely different message. So I, 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 I don't know. But either oh. way, thank you very much for that. Yes. Uh, well, she also said um, on Facebook she was listening to the Outsiders uh, podcast. And she said, I really like this podcast. It felt like I was eavesdropping on two guys having a beer at Hog Alley or somewhere else nearby. No. And it, it, it's it's kind of funny because Jen actually earlier today she was at I don't know if it was Costco or, or something else and they had a ball pit. <laughs> she, she sent me a picture of like you know a thousand of these balls for like a ball pit. So okay, once Corona's over, I'm fucking in a ball pit, baby. All right, and then a friend of show Sean, Sean Connery currently sits. At negative $3,000. And your mother currently sits on my face, Trebek. <laughs> Rest in peace, Sean. I don't, I don't know how I'm supposed to feel about that this yeah. week. 
But he says, ditch porn, LOL. We actually had a box of porn in college. The legend was that whoever came into possession of the box, they would not get laid until they passed on the box to the next dude. So we would always drop off the box in the middle of the day or at night when we know the unsuspecting recipient would not be around. <laughs> and then he also sent me the clip several weeks ago. I had mentioned, if you have the opportunity, watch the garden shed scene from Columbo, from Commando. And he sent, actually sent me the YouTube clip of that. And it is, it is classic. Okay. But that's all I got. All right. So no, no emails this week? Nope. No emails this week. Well, the email was actually from friend of show Joey, but that was with him sending me the, the Dropbox link for the song, the song clips that he made. Okay. So I think we're over to. I'm so excited. And I just can't hide. So we, we got to stop for, for just a second here before we get to next week's movie. Um, in season one, we had 12 episodes, which included 10 movies. Mm-hmm. In season two, we had 11 episodes, including 11 movies. And in season three, we are expanding to have 12 episodes including 12 movies. And the way that we are doing that is we are going to do two holiday episodes, which are specifically around holidays, which means that in three weeks, three weeks from today or three weeks from this Sunday, whatever, we will be doing a Thanksgiving episode. And then sometime in December, we will be doing a Christmas episode. And we are going to... We already know what our Thanksgiving episode is going to be, and we will discuss that two weeks from now um, after we do your next film. And we will also be having guests for the first time for these two special episodes. This is not going to be an ongoing thing where we have guests regularly, but for our two holiday episodes, we will have guests. And we are going to discuss right now what we're going to do for our Christmas episodes. So, Doug, you were supposed to come with a list of Christmas movies. Yes. So I have three movies, because you had said to come with three Christmas movies. Yep. And my three Christmas movies are Trading Places, Scrooged, and Gremlins. Okay, that, that that's good. That's actually two of the ones I have. Okay. So I will add Trading Places to that. That's a good one. So Trading okay. Places. And you can veto any of these movies as i go through um because there are several and i'm not going to feel offended and i actually hope you do veto one because i don't have access to one of them (laughs) okay so die hard ding lethal weapon ding uh christmas vacation ding a christmas story ding scrooged got that one gremlins got that one and Silent Night, Deadly Night. Nope. Okay. <laughs> that would be a... Okay. So we will be actually throwing these movies into the randomizer. <laughs> you were going to do it live. I was going to do it live. <laughs> so I have it on the board. Um, so it will be Die Hard, Lethal Weapon, Christmas Vacation, Christmas Story, Scrooge, Gremlins, and Trading Places. How do you want to handle the guest for the Christmas episode. I already have the Thanksgiving episode taken care of. Who's the Thanksgiving episode? That's TBD. 
Oh, come on. You got to You can, you can, yeah, you, you'll have to tell me off air. Okay. Um, I, it's, you know, we love our listenership, but, but I think it should be a friend of show. I, I think that's fair. And, yeah. and also just so you know, um, send us an e- email, a text, a Facebook, Facebook message, whatever, if you are interested in what movies you'd be interested in doing. But just so you know, this is a, at least, and when I say at least, I mean at least a six-hour commitment <laughs> mm-hmm. from time because you have to watch the movie, and then you actually have to write your notes, and then you have to do the podcast, and that doesn't even count if you're going to do song clips. So I will let Doug pick um, who is associated with which movies. We will do the randomizer to pick which which movie it actually is to give people whoever it is that is selected to do the the guest for the Christmas episode. Um, and that will be the week before Christmas. And I don't know what day of the week Christmas falls on this week or this week, this year. So Yeah, I don't know I don't know either. So that's great. Okay. So now we can actually move to I'm so excited and I just can't hide it. I'm I'm very concerned. (laughs) Um, Okay, there's one other thing I forgot to say. And after this, this after I tell you what next week's movie is, you can either try it this week because you get one guess of Mm -hmm. what the theme for the movie is, or I'm sorry, the theme for the season is. You get one guess per movie selection. After four weeks. If you have gotten it correct, you will get a prize as far as the fifth movie. Okay. If you do not get it correct, you will get a punishment <laughs> as no. far as what the the fifth movie is. Okay. And trust me, the fifth movie is a punishment for me as well. <laughs> I told you if it's pretty in pink, I will I will I won't watch it. I will just be I will just be sitting here listening to, and to you'll the- just say, Yeah, uh, okay, yep, that happened. Mm-hmm. It'll be it'll be Betamax <laughs> rewind with Matt. <laughs> Like last week. Um, so, <laughs> so uh, this week, uh, Michael Bean starred in Aliens as Hicks. In Deadfall, he starred as Joe Donan. Clarence Williams was in Deadfall as Dean. Williams is in next mo- week's movie as Father. If I knew who, what, what's his, what's the dude's name? Clarence Claren- Williams. Yeah, if I knew who Clarence Williams is. Yeah, uh, he, this was a tough one to link to, trust me. Okay. <laughs> uh, next week we are doing 1984's semi-autobiographical pick. Any, any guesses yet? Nope. Of the long since past, well, a couple years ago, Prince of Minneapolis. Oh, really? We're doing Purple Rain? We are doing Purple oh, Rain. I hate that fucking movie. Oh, you've seen it? Yes. I, <laughs> hated, I hated that fucking movie. <laughs> so that 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 throws a, a uh, wrench into your, well, it's movies I haven't seen thing. Yes. So, yeah. so do you want to throw out your guess now, or do you want to uh, just think on it a bit? Uh, the movies that you've picked are, are movies that I fucking hate. <laughs> Three people that have never been in my kitchen. <laughs> Once yes. again, not correct. Oh, god damn it. And okay. to be fair, 
you, you know what Rocky Four? What you did to me with Rocky Four? Yeah. I did this to me with Purporians. <laughs> oh God, damn it! I don't want to watch this movie. Oh fuck! Why do you pick these movies? I went into this being like, this is an awesome movie. No, this is it's not. Awesome... It's not. It's a bad movie. It's it, so bad. It's not good. No. The music is exceptional, but the movie itself is not good. She is such a bad actor. There's not a good actor in it. <laughs> okay, uh, is it can... long? Is it long? Uh, no. And actually, if you take the music out, it's like 40 minutes. <laughs> okay, so I can just fast forward through. No, the, the music is actually the best part of the movie. <laughs> okay, and where will I find, where will I be able to watch this movie? It is actually on VH1. On v- well, I... Well, I'm sorry, but I don't have cable. Okay, it's also on Plex. <laughs> no, it's not. Yes, it is. <laughs> no, it's not. I'm looking at Plex right now. I just put that high-definition version of on Plex this week. Okay. Let's see. Oh, there it is. Yep, Purple Rain. Hey, hour and 51 minutes. How did <laughs> it get 70% Rotten Tomato score? Oh, God. Okay, it's got more stay in the pimps. Yeah, more stay in the time. Okay. All right, take All right. us home. All right. Hey, thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm sorry you're going to have to listen to us talk about Purple Rain next week. <laughs> That's not cool. You can, you can thank Matt for that. <laughs> uh, we really appreciate every single one of you listening across the globe. At, you are near and dear to our hearts. Uh, if You know... We may, may not be for everybody, but, you know, if we are your, you know, once a week listen for a couple of hours and we give you a little pleasure and entertain you, hey, that's what we're here for. So uh, tell a friend, reach out to us on Facebook. You can email us at betamaxrewind at yahoo.com. That's all I got. Okay, great. So we will talk to you next week when we do Purple Rain. Thanks a lot. All right. Thanks, everybody. See you. See you.